whole bunch of people were like, no, that's probably not right. <laughs> and I was like, what? I'm sorry, but what's your theory? They're like, well, it's just, they grind them into powder. I'm like, they are, the candies are ball-shaped. What the f*** is going on down there? Welcome, everyone, to episode 419, the WTF at TFW before episode 420. Hi, Seth. Hi. Uh, happy 21st Olympiad. Oh, God, that's happening, isn't it? That's the opening ceremonies are right now. Right. As we're speaking, it's happening. I think that's going to go real bad, that whole thing. I have a feeling of dread that something <laughs> terrible is going to happen during the course of the Olympics just because so many terrible things have been happening around the world lately. And, like, there were like, already... I, I just got a bad feeling. There were already terrible things, like the whole thing about, if the, like, telling the swimmers not to let any of the water into their mouths. Yeah. That's messed up. Oh, I saw a picture of a Brazilian dude on one of those, like, stand-up surfboard things that you paddle around on. Mm-hmm. Where you stand on the surfboard and you paddle. And he was, like, in the middle of the water. Uh, and then he's got his camera up on a selfie stick or something. So you could see a lot of around him in the water. And it's just garbage. <laughs> just everywhere. Just garbage floating around. And it's like, yikes. I feel. And then, uh, then I saw a clip from a news broadcast where the uh, Rio police were showing how they're training and getting ready. And how ready they are. So they were doing like a canine drill. So the like the guy has the big padded sleeve on his arm for the dog to bite. Yeah. So the guy's running, the dog runs up on him, clamps down on the arm thing, the guy falls down, the dog's shaking on the arm thing. The cop runs up and goes to pull the dog off, at which time the dog wheels around, clamps onto the policeman's arm. And takes the policeman down. Oh, God. And then the camera cuts away. <laughs> and that's when I really started worrying. <laughs> I feel terrible for the athletes. Because, like, I know someone who has gone to an Olympics, who trained, who, who tried to go to one, had to train another four years, and got to go to the, the one after. And, like, <clears throat> it's not like you can just say, oh, this Olympics is in a crappy place. I'm going to skip it this year. I'm going to sit it out. Like, your body, everything about you is kind of, you have a window when it all comes together. Yeah. I feel terrible for everyone whose window has come together right now. Because, like, this is a terrible setting for for what they're doing. Well, my boss was telling me the American basketball team, you know, all them millionaires, they took a yacht down, and they're all staying on a yacht. They're not staying in the <laughs> Olympic Village. I wonder if they are going to... Okay. I'm not saying this is a nice thing to do, but if I were them, I would figure out if there's more space on the yacht and start renting out that space. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also have to think about the Olympic Village when, like, the Australians were like, yo, this this is like an actual garbage shanty town. And the response they got was, well, we'll put a kangaroo in there if you want. <laughs> it's like, and that that was the actual response they got, not the joking, like, I'm a I'm a talk show host and I'm making a joke. That situation, that's the, that's the response they actually got. That, and that's where I started to feel really bad for all the athletes, because it's like, okay, well, I, I hope you're looking forward to going to that environment. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, we'll see. It's only start. It's only the it's only the opening ceremonies. All I know about the opening ceremonies is Pele decided to not attend them. 
because I oh, saw that boy. on my moments when I accidentally clicked moments on Twitter instead of instead of uh, mentions. Oh yeah, they they're really insidious with where that button is. Yep, uh, that's how I know Pele <clears throat> decided to skip. I think the opening ceremonies. I only looked at it for a second, and then I was like, "God damn it!" And I went and clicked the mentions. Um, he's like the Brazilian athlete too. Like he's yeah. the one everybody knows. The the photo on the article was him wearing an Olympic rings necklace. It's messed up. I I just hope that like nothing truly terrible happens to people. I'm hoping like that you know. <laughs> I hope everyone's okay. I don't want some swimmer who worked their way to the Olympics who accidentally opened their mouth for a half second to come home with, like, parasites coming out of their eyes or something. Like, that's not what I want. <laughs> well, I just hope everyone just is cool. Just be cool. Like, I'm less worried about, like, the filth than I am about people who are, like, gonna prove, a, prove something. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, when people... When 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 the human mind runs at its least rational is when it's full of sports adrenaline too. Uh, well, it's okay. At least they got those dogs, right? Long yeah. as long as you're in range <laughs> those of the dogs, dogs. Will get anybody. Yeah, just throw the dogs at, at the crowd and then run. And you, man. Hey, let's talk about Transformers. I have good international news actually about Transformers. All right. So you know how I've been spending like I guess the last month and a half constantly saying, "Hey, I'd love to know what." what beyond america the viewing solution is for combiner wars which debuted uh this week uh their solution was actually very simple so simple and logical i was surprised and impressed they did it uh the solution was if you're in america you can only see the series on go 90 but if you're not in america then you can just go to machinima's youtube page where they put up the episode with a region lockout for the usa so, uh, if you're in the USA, you can't see it on YouTube, but if you're like me in Canada, you can. So, they, like, I spent this whole time convinced there's no way they're going to do a simple solution. It's going to be something stupid, convoluted, and backwards, like this entire Go90 thing. But, yo, Machinima did right. They just did the simple thing. So, I was, I was kind of impressed by that. Well, you know, then I watched the episode and had some thoughts, which I put on Twitter. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about... I. I Okay, Seth, I gotta come clean. I don't even really like calling this the episode, because it doesn't feel like an episode. No. But we're going to talk about it a little bit, so if you do want to not know about the opening five minutes of a one-hour special, then fast forward maybe ten minutes? More like 26 minutes. Uh, and see if we're still talking about it. Seth, um, like, okay, most of what I have to say about this doesn't even have to do with what happened in the episode. This was so obviously, like, the way that it ended with a cut to another planet, then, like, a half-second shot of Optimus Prime, then, like, a bunch of end bumps from Machinima, just made it feel like they cut apart a 50-minute thing into five-minute chunks, and that's what we're going to be getting once a week for yeah. the next, like, two months. And that's yeah. that's awful in 2016. <laughs> that's <laughs> terrible. It's, like... I find it hard to even take seriously discussion of this first episode, quote unquote, because I'm like, I don't even feel like I watched the whole thing. Like I, pe I've seen, you know, as people do with the first episode, people are saying, oh, you know, I don't think I'm in for this. Or it's like, no, I'm, I can't wait to see the next one. Or like, no, I'm out. And I'm like, I, I don't I can't take it seriously, because if you wait two months, like it's still going to be less than an hour of your time <laughs> to just watch it if you really want to know what happened. 
And then if it's weekly, five minutes a week. Like, I almost want to tell people, like, yo, why don't you just look at it for five minutes? <laughs> you could say you did. I don't know. Uh, Seth, how did you take The Fall, uh, Webisode 1? I wasn't especially impressed. Hmm. From, like, the opening minute, I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. The, the first minute is just Computron and Menasaur banging into each other. It was a loop! It was looped! <laughs> Like, someone... I, I haven't looked... So, okay. I'll admit. I might be wrong. But I, I, I posited that that looked like a loop, and I'd swear someone on Twitter told me they played it back, and it does literally look like a loop up until the, the kind of cool drill knee moment. But yeah, like, I was sitting there watching the thing, and it was the first impression it made. I'm just sitting there agape. Like, what? I thought you outsourced this to Japan. Like, what? what is this? Well, about 30 seconds into, plang, plang, God! plang, I was like, is this the equivalent of a five-year-old banging two pots together? Like, what, what am I watching? Like, what was the pace Ooh, of that? going to be what, rough. What was the storytelling of that? Like, and, the, and this is a five-minute episode, yet the opening minute felt padded? Like, yeah. <laughs> what a first impression. Like... There's parts of this I liked. I'll say right now before someone just doesn't want who you know someone might want to just skip a bunch of trashing on the thing. I have lots of nice things to say too, but like that opening 60 seconds. God, what a terrible first impression. <laughs> now, I don't recall from the the handful of times Computron was in the G1 cartoon, and I don't know how they portray him in the comics or anything. But is he in this, and I don't. And you tell me if he's if he does this and other stuff. Is he always depicted as being like the sentient calculator announcing percentages and stuff? So he's not in the current comics uh, right now. In G one, in the I think in the G one, like the the Marvel comics, and I'm pretty sure not to this degree, but in the cartoon, he did have a thing where he would announce probabilities and stuff. Um, but I I. Like this, this was taking it to a slightly more computer level, like down to the voice sounding like this the whole time. Like that's kind of yeah. new, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's like something that's been done so many times. It seems hacky now to be like, I'm going to announce statistics and probabilities as things happen. And then, really, he only has like two lines. First, he says it's illogical that they'd be fighting. And then he tries to announce the probability of his survival or something. Um, I don't want to really trash on the voice acting, but um, I really didn't like Menacer's voice. I hated it. Uh, I don't. Menacer's voice was bad. I don't. I don't blame the actor necessarily. Uh, like the emotion behind his performance was fine. It's a little one it's, note. Yeah, it's a casting. Yeah. Thing. It's it's that it sounded like he was supposed to have an effect on his voice, and he didn't. So he sounded way too young yeah. for a gigantic thing. Uh, it sounded like he was supposed to have a pitch down. He was supposed to have some effects to, to bring out the bottom end, to boom his voice up. Instead, it sounds like they got him to record the lines, they put a flange on it, and then that was that. And it's like that that was a very inappropriate voice for the character portrayed in that form. Uh, and it could have been fixed just with effects, in my opinion. 
Um, yeah. Because yeah, I I when he said what a nerd, I was like that's that's <laughs> a high register for Menasor. <laughs> You nerd. He like sounds the, like a high school bully. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a nerd and like, himself. Like, and I, I'm not. I'm not. Like I said, I'm not talking trash on the actor. I think the actor did his best. I think he did a fine delivery. It's just that they needed to do things to his voice if he's Menasor. Like that's that's that. Yeah. <laughs> but like the voice acting in general from this episode so far, it just it, it made the whole thing not feel like. It like an official thing. It it just sounds like a like a fan thing that yeah. like a bunch of friends made, or we collected people to do voices on the message board. Yeah, I, I like I I don't I'm not holding any of these actors accountable really for this because like in this in this like handful of minutes they were operating like them reading the lines all sounded okay. They just sounded like they got no direction, and it sounds like the yeah. the post production on their voices was like done in half a day. Um, yeah, like I, I think I'm talking more on the presentation than the yeah. uh, than the performances themselves. Like I, I thought, Windblade's voice actor did fine, but I also think she did fine considering she had to flip between three moods in twenty seconds. At the end of the episode, (laughs) she had to go from mad to literally crying to mad again in like to like psychotic mad. (laughs) Yeah. In in the span of less than half a minute. And like, like, again, that rushedness really struck me, given that we opened with a minute of like nothing, (laughs) just like padded clang, clang, nothing. Yeah. And like their whole thing before it came out, like the, oh, like it's going to be adult and dark and blah, blah, blah. Um, It didn't, I mean, being adult and mature is a robot crying. Like is that's our one example so far. (laughs) I hate, I hate Um, to break it to them. Transformers have cried before. Also, it's weird (laughs) to me that a robot would be crying. Like, I know these are, like, sentient robots, and they display emotion beyond just what, like, a IMA robot would be, but it seems weird that a robot would cry. <laughs> I, I felt less weird about it in a robot sense, and more like, take away that they're robots. It still was really weird that she just straight up snapped into breaking down crying for about six seconds, and then walked away silently. Like, it, it was just, like, high school melodrama in the delivery. Yeah. It was too much, uh, and and I'm worried and for now. the character for her to be like this killing ca- badass that they're portraying her as to have like this crazy emotional breakdown. It would have been more badass if she stood over Maxima's lifeless husk and was just like, "Your death won't be in vain. I'm gonna rip everyone to shreds." Like, that would be more badass if she went, like, Dirty Harry about it it's, and not it's also, Meryl Streep. It's really messed up to me the way that they're portraying Windblade. And, like, I'm not... I, I I am the first person to say, don't hold this cartoon up to the, to the comic book standard, of course. And, like, obviously, this is not the comic book. This is drawing from the comic book, in a way. But it's still such a departure... And it, and otherwise, she looks very much like the comic book Windblade. This is such a departure personality-wise that I, I don't think it's out of, out of the question for me to find it incredibly jarring. Uh, 
Like, it, this is more jarring than live-action movie Optimus, because at least live-action movie Optimus looks so different that, like, it's it's easier to vi- to mentally separate the two. Like, this, this just feels very misguided, in a way. Because also, <laughs> the way that she's portrayed is v- kind of... Uh, how do I put it? It, it, it reads like something I had written in, in my early 20s. Like, there's something very... Immature. I, I was almost going to say immature. I'd more so say adolescent about it. Just to, Oh, yeah, that's a better word. Yeah, because it's not immature, really. It's Because there's nothing like... It's not like this is this is operating on some level beneath, you know, like where, you know, a certain level is. It's just there's something very naive and adolescent about it, especially given all the press about this being a darker series. And then, like, your first yeah. example of that is she's mad, but also sad. And she killed a big guy, and, you know, <laughs> and like how she killed Menasaur seemed weird. It, and it's like a kind of anime-ish trope of you have this big, long fight. And Menasaur's, like, shrugging off all the attacks from her and Menasaur. Like, it doesn't seem... Or Maxima. Um, yeah, Menasaur's shrugging off the Menasaur attack. Yeah, he can't even hurt himself. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, he seems pretty, like, unconcerned with these two planes gnatting around him. And then, as soon as um, Windblade, like, has her emotional break, then she just butchers him in, like, two or three sword swipes yeah and that seems like a pretty anime-ish thing where like half the episode is a fight until somebody's just like blah and then cuts the other person in half and and once in one swing once again i think all this is really magnified by the way this did not feel like a five minute contained piece of story this felt like five minutes of a story that i don't get to see the rest of until next week uh because that that like the fact that she like straight up like I think cut Menasaur in half, uh, that and the whole thing of why are Menasaur and Computron fighting in orbit in the first place, like the the lack of establishment of why anything is happening, um, made this extremely weak. Like this needed yeah. to be paired with the next five minutes, and that's me assuming the next five minutes explain some of this right you know like I was gonna say I'm assuming that the rest of this like starts clarifying things and having it make sense where if you watched it all at once it's probably fine yeah but because they chopped up what is now appearing to be something that was intended to be an hour long into five minute chunks and it doesn't seem like it was really timed out to be five minute chunks you're getting that sort of cold open action scene that will most likely be followed by a lot of explanation but once you don't get any of the explanation, when you just see that five minute action scene, then it's like you just don't know what's happening. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people I don't think a lot of people kept up with, nor should they have to have kept up with the development of this series. So what this led to was I just saw a lot of people going like that made zero sense and I'm not really interested in watching anymore. And yeah. it's like that's that's awful because I think I think that the pres like just the word you used Oops. is perfect. The presentation of this whole thing is, like, doing a massive disservice to, like, everyone who worked on it. And this is before I even start considering whether or not they even worked on a good thing, right? Like, it's, it's, it's taking something that already might not end up being great, or it might end up being great, I don't know, but then it's just damaging the presentation so much. And, and, like, I can rant for hours, and I won't, about the, the ridiculous notion of this being weekly, (laughs) 
as well. Like when I said that on Twitter, I was like, I hope that I just didn't see something and they're going to prove me wrong by putting out episode two later this week. But I, I haven't seen episode two. It sure is looking like it's just going to be every like what? Every Monday we're going to get. <laughs> yeah, every or every Tuesday or something. Once a week, we're going to get five minutes in a drip of this thing. Like it's it's not going to be personally. This isn't going to be exciting to even talk about after next week until the whole thing is done. <laughs> Because it's just going to, like, anything I'm going to have to say is going to be riding the back of, also, maybe that was just five minutes, another five minutes of this 50-minute special. So, I feel like anything I'm going to say is going to be pretty worthless in the next month anyway. (laughs) So, I don't know. Like, I don't want to put a lot of thought into each five minutes of this. (laughs) What if one of the five-minute chunks ends, like, in the middle of somebody saying something? Because that's just where the five minutes landed and they cut it there. That's going to be where I'm going to just go like, could could you even, could you have just at least pretended? Like, because <laughs> I start, star screams like, I'll explain everything, right? And pff, credits. <laughs> well, I mean, the problem with that is you could totally swing that into being like, no, you see, that's a cliffhanger for next week. And it's like, why are you having a cliffhanger for a web series? <laughs> like... In 2016, yeah, it would have to be like something even less, like less important. Yeah, <laughs> where's my where's my mug? Slam to credits. Like like I, to to do this to do a weekly five minute <laughs> drip after we've already passed the the you know the honeymoon period of the Netflix style series drop. Like this is so blind to the world. This approach. <laughs> Yeah, or or some character saying like, "Hey, do you have any more credits?" And then the beginning of the next episode, ammo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> FYI, BoJack Horseman season three, a Netflix series, already did that joke, but on purpose. Oh, all right, I haven't seen episode or season two yet. Uh, okay, Se- season three does a joke with a a word carrying over two episodes, uh... and like, I'm I'm just looking for I'm 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 giddy at all the ways that <laughs> that like. Everything about Combiner Wars delivery feels like something out of 2010. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, another I, critique. Yeah. Or were you about to say something? I, I was going to drop some of my some of my niceties. Because um, oh. so let me throw down one more critique, and then we could end on positives. Yeah, yeah. Um, very little effort made for lip syncing. Yeah. The... And in some cases, it felt like like so. It looks like it was a case of. Here's the lines we recorded. This line is two and a half seconds, and then they animate two seconds of lips moving. Yeah. Uh, and and man, this all comes back to the thing where it's like, yeah, we got a Japanese studio to animate this, so it's going to look real good. One of the first things I saw on Twitter w- with that fight loop in the opening minute was someone going, well, I guess the Machinima budget's really showing here in their animation department. And I'm like, but it's not! They outsourced this! and yeah the lip flap thing is like the lip flap thing should have been oh this is the negative we're receiving because it's been outsourced to japan but in return ah the quality you know but the that ah the quality is not (laughs) even really there (laughs) like ah i i hope so much that this is just like that this was animated in order and we are just seeing the roughest of the rough patch of this because i don't want this series to just be this for another couple weeks, you know? 
Yeah. Uh, cause yeah, that lip sync thing also that like, I didn't even notice that for a bit. Cause it was, I was still just like, so agog at the, the choppy frame rate, the looped opening, the, the, the voice of Menasaur took me out of it for a good 45 seconds after like, I was just getting over the Computron voice. Like I was so thankful when Windblade and Maxima just had normal voices <laughs> that, that like, didn't take me out of the whole experience. Yeah, and, like, the whole lack of any sort of explanation as to what's happening, like, another level of confusion I have is, like, in the trailers, I think, isn't it Starscream who's, like, there's no more Autobots or Decepticons or something? Like, somebody says there's no Autobots and no Decepticons, but then here, Menasaur and Computron both have their appropriate faction symbol that Windblade smashes with her sword. Yeah. And it just, that just confuses me more, like... Why do they have faction symbols then? And then if they why are, why is she in, destroying them? If, if, if why they, is that relevant? <laughs> if they are in factions, then why is Menasaur bragging about the council making an army of combiners? Like that. That yeah, line. And why is he beating up Computron? <laughs> yeah. And what? So like the Menasaur's dialogue about the council was just a monkey wrench, and it was also just like it was like a fist just made of of deep fried pork skin just slamming this exposition point into my mouth going like there's a council with an enigma of combination because i read the comic so i know what those words mean and i'm like the way you're using those words doesn't make any sense but okay yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's like with menasaur too like so i was thinking like as i'm watching i'm thinking like okay so did he just go rogue like is menasaur so crazy that like he's not even gonna follow orders and he's just gonna be a problem and and maybe he went AWOL and Computron was sent to bring him back. But then why would he be like, oh, the council is going to make more of us and there's we're going to be an army. And now he's sounding like he's part of everything. Like, then why? It just, it was very confusing. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree. Um, I could, I'll, I'll say right now, I'm already able to think of a few explanations if I start filling in gaps myself. But five minutes into this, I really don't feel like I should have to. So I kind of don't want to. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, And knowing there's a good chance that this is going to come out after episode two. Like, I don't know what your current workload schedule is, but... Yeah, we'll, we'll see. If this comes out after episode two, then that guarantees that all the questions will be answered and it's going to be amazing. And we're going to sound like real tools. <laughs> you know what? Maybe for the sake of the entire fandom, I should sit on editing this until after episode two. <laughs> Try to force the hand of Murphy's Law for the sake of a good cartoon. Yeah. Uh, God. Because um, I, I, I want to say, okay, number one, uh, Computron doing a drill-tipped knee lift to Menasaur was some proper super robot action, which like was just a glimmer of hope amidst that opening minute. Um, also, I really liked Windblade's voice. Um, I thought Maximo was a really cool-looking character, given that she was mostly just a head swap of Windblade with a sniper rifle. Um, the next two parts maybe are a little... Like, I don't mean for them to be backhanded, but they are just ways I enjoyed this episode. Uh, I was incredibly amused that Windblade and Maxima showed up, and then Windblade just popped her faceplate off and just let it drop to the floor. And I was like, does she just do that all the time? And, like, is the Kamian government, like, on her ass for, like, hey, why do you keep... We give you these these standard issue faceplates. You keep ejecting them off your face when you go to, you know, deal with a crime and you just leave them there. Like, you got to stop throwing these faceplates away. It's expensive. Well, uh, Derek Wyatt was questioning that on Twitter. Oh. 
and like somebody made a gif of it and then why it's like so it just falls off her face and then i replied you know being snarky funny guy or trying to be funny guy um weisenheimer is more like it i'm like hey man if i'm wearing a scarf and i go to and i want to take it off it doesn't just sink into my clavicle (laughs) and then i forgot what he said back and i'm like i'm just being a smart ass don't take it that was really seriously because i didn't even notice she had a face plate until she ejected it off and then i was like wait what just flew off of her mouth and like i had to rewind it for a second uh well i had seen that give like i didn't watch it until like wednesday or something so okay i had seen and heard a lot of the reaction before i got around to seeing it i went in the moment it went live i was so excited and then the loop happened um the the other big positive for me is I came out of this actually really liking Maxima, but it might be because partly because of the character I've invented for her. Because uh, the thing about Maxima that I thought was weird is every time she got hit, an entire limb flew off of her body, and that kind of stuck out to me. And then I was so like you know she gets backhanded by Menasaur and her leg flies off, and then I guess she's dead. And then I was sitting there going, like, you know, how funny would it be if she wasn't dead? This is just what happens to her all the time, because she's built badly. And then, like, she wakes up, and Windblade's gone, and Windblade's taking her gun, and Maxima's like, yo, scumbag, where are you? And where's my leg and my arm? And this, like, spiraled off into this whole thing where I was like, what if it's like Maxima just has this problem all the time? Like, she goes down the... she, She wakes up in the morning, you know, goes down the staircase to go to work, trips a little, her foot falls off. And she's like, damn it. Or, you know, she meets someone new at the office, at the Camion police office. They shake her hand. They shake a bit too tight, so her whole, her whole like, arm just rips off and her eyes explode. And she has to take the rest of the week off. Uh, and so basically, like, I, I really love the character of Maxima that I've invented in my head. So I'm hoping they make a toy of Maxima now. Um, that was actually my biggest, most positive takeaway from this first installment of Combiner Wars. Uh, well, it seems like... Uh computron's still alive so yeah and it was weird because they implied very much he was dead from getting stepped on and i was like that seems like a really dumb way to dispose of a guy whose toy isn't out yet (laughs) (laughs) and who has a whole bunch of fans who were super stoked that yo computron's gonna be in this show well computron has to get back to the council to narc everybody out yep because he's a big tattletale he also has to go collect two of his teammates who are still in orbit around Caminus, because like one of his arms and one of his legs gets swatted off while him and Menasaur are falling and I feel like the people making the show somehow didn't seem to know that those were individual robots too because they're like well Computron's dead and I'm like but two of his two of the Technobots are in orbit spinning around like I think they're okay (laughs) I don't know maybe the show's like very literally taking where their heads are and they're like no their heads are the pegs and they're their heads got ripped off. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. This went on longer than 10 minutes. Sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to drop about Combiner Wars for now, or shall we wait and see for the very long time it will take to finish watching it? Uh, I think we've been enough of a couple of wet blankets on the whole thing. We we can move on. I very much want this to go well. And I'm going to... Yeah, like, I'm hoping, like, the upcoming episodes, like, Everything starts making sense and it's yeah. cool, but it's, I I'm gonna keep watching. Got off to a rough start. I'm I'm not gonna sit this out. Like I'm gonna keep watching, 
there's a lot about this that should be good, and I, I, I hope some of it at least pans out. But, uh, yeah, I really don't... I, I wish I could stand up to the more negative backlash against that first installment, but there is almost nothing to say in defense of most of those comments without, like, inventing parts of the show that don't exist. So, you know, I, I really hope that this thing goes well. <laughs> I want this to go well. It, it feels like they took notes from G.I. Joe Resolute. Was it Resolute? Yeah. That, that, the, the, the one that's... <laughs> yeah, I think it was Resolute. I'm just there was Resolute and... Yeah, it was Resolute. Something else. Renegades. With Renegades, yeah. Yeah. So it, it feels like they were given notes that were, dr like, drawn from G.I. Joe Resolute, but, like, notes that took all the wrong lessons from Resolute. Because, I don't know, it's not like I thought Resolute sucked, it's just like, you know, especially in hindsight, there are a whole bunch of parts of Resolute that did not age very well, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of them being, like, the, the more edgy parts. Because a lot of that was very forced edge, and I, I really hope that we're not in for a lot of forced edge in 2016. We don't need it anymore. Um, Seth, moving on from that, we've got some not-new-picture picks, we just have two topics. And one of them All is right. about an e-hobby release. Uh, e-hobby revealed something today that, like, literally the entire fandom had been saying they should do that uh, for months. And, hey, look, e-hobby's gonna do it. Uh, they are doing a redeco of Titan's Return Mindwipe as Bat Optimus Primal, complete with a headmaster, uh, using the Sentinel Prime headmaster, so he has, like, a faceplate. Uh, and he's gonna come with a second headmaster that is the Alligator Megatron head. No body so far. And then he's also going to come with Ape Faces Titan Master Vehicle, done up as Optimal Optimus with three vehicle modes. And this is the best part. The way that it turns from a jet into a car is you flip the arms forward. Like, flipping between the two images of it is so endearing that, like, I, <laughs> I kind of love it. It's like, no, that is actually the best way to do that, and that totally works. And it shouldn't, but man, you guys are great. Like, that, it does totally work. Uh, he also comes with a pair of swords whose origins, I believe, are uh, Rid Drift. So he's going to have his swords. Um, I, I'm, oh, no, he, he'll, he has peg holes all over him, so he can probably store them in there, too. This looks really fun. I really want to pick this thing yeah. up. I wonder how quickly it's going to sell out. <laughs> the the e-hobby stuff before is, I mean, if, if it's like other e-hobby stuff, it's going to probably go up for pre-order everywhere. So you'll have probably a good day if you really want to get in on it. Yeah. I'm... I'm guessing that they didn't do a body for that Megatron because they figured Skull Cruncher's close enough like, in yeah. colors already. I, I bet you what they did is that they looked at the costs and then they were... Because, I mean, I'm sure that they wanted to. But, uh, yeah, I, I have a feeling, like, especially given that shade of green, like, that looks like the Skull Cruncher green to me. Uh -huh. So it looks like they color match the green so it would kind of work. And, you know, that's that's cool. Like, I'm... If I really want him to look different, I can repaint it myself. I'm sure, like, pe people like Repro Labels and Enas are going to do up sticker sheets for uh, for the Skullcruncher body to look more like Megatron. And a lot of people right now are probably going to have a spare Skullcruncher because you can get an American and a Japanese version. And uh, on first wave stuff, I find more people than later on tend to double dip on, like, the first couple figures. So this could be an answer for the superfluous Skullcrunchers out there. Um... Yeah, Seth, it sounds like you're you're into this. 
Yeah, because, I mean, that was such a weird thing, that bat optimus. Yeah. And, and like, just from the moment I was aware that they had done that, I, I always thought, like, that seems really weird to make Optimus a bat. <laughs> yeah. It just, it doesn't seem right. It, I mean, just, it doesn't seem like a, an opposing enough animal. Yeah. Not, not to mention it's like kind of a creepy animal. <laughs> it's weird that like the, this, the decision for the very first Beast Wars toy was we'll have a bat fight an alligator. <laughs> yeah. A giant bat fighting a somewhat small alligator, I guess. Yeah, like Megatron alligator, that that doesn't seem crazy. Like if you're gonna do animals, that that makes sense. Optimus Prime or Optimus Primal Bat doesn't make sense to me. It seems really wrong. The more Optimus th- Alligator would make more sense than Optimus Bat. The more that I think about it. I actually don't know why Alligator Megatron makes sense, because I never questioned it. It, it always felt natural, but well, I alligators actually... are, like, big monster animals. I guess. And, like, you know, cold-blooded Megatron. I'm not saying alligators are inherently evil, but, you know, they'll <laughs> chomp you in half. They'll drag your kid into a pond at Disney World. You know, apologies to our alligator listeners out there. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Hashtag not all alligators. Actually, if there is an alligator listener out there, I'd love to know. Like, it's like a, like, what's it like? And b, like, if you can talk, can we like hang out? Because I would love to have an alligator for a friend. Because like, no one would pick fights with me then. I think alligators are like Chewbacca. They understand English, but they can't speak it. They choose not to. Well, they just can't. Wookies don't have the the vocal cords to. Oh. To speak other languages. I always assumed Chewbacca just didn't want to. No, in one of the books, um, I think it was one of the Heir to the Empire books I read, um, they have to hide uh, Leia. Like, she's got to hide out. Like, there's assassins after her. Mm. So they take her to Kashyyyk, and there's, like, a a Wookiee translator who's able to speak, like, galactic basic or whatever it is but it's like really rough yeah and she's like oh so chewbacca you just never wanted to speak and then the translator like liaison or whatever his title was um he's like oh no i just have like a really bad like birth defect that allows me to be able to vocalize your language (laughs) Like, typically, Wookiees can't vocalize your words, but because I have this birth defect, I can. That's so backhanded. (laughs) I have a birth defect, so I can speak your idiot language. (laughs) Okay. Um, But that's all not canon anymore, so who knows? Maybe Chewie just is a jerk who doesn't want to speak English. He has no longer been hit by a moon. Uh, That's the only thing I know about him in the books. Hit Uh, by a moon? Yeah, he he died in some EU novel when, because he, a moon dropped on him. Oh, I knew he died in one of those books. I didn't know they smashed a moon to on him. Yeah, they, they try. I think they what they. I, okay, it sounded to me like the goal was well, if we're gonna kill Chewie, we're gonna make it epic, and the only way to kill Chewbacca is to drop a moon on him. But then, like, it ends up sounding really silly. Yeah. So uh, you know, that's what happened. 
Uh, Chewie's last words were, that's not a space station, that is a moon. <laughs> In Wookiee, though. Yeah, so it was like... Yeah, where he's on the planet, was like, I, I don't know what you're saying, what's that? In the sky? Oh, God. Uh, anyway, this e-hobby thing, uh, there's no date on it, no price on it. Uh, I was just taken completely by surprise that these photos even went up. Um, but I am super looking forward to seeing some deets. Uh, and hopefully it will not be too hard or expensive to get a hold of, because it looks super cool. Um, moving on from there, we've also got... Hey, Seth. Hey. This is usually something that I would try to drop on the even team, because I love the way that Aaron and TJ hate talking about it, but it's on us this time. We've got some actual tangible movie discussion news. Yeah. The Transformers Woo. 5, The Last Night. Uh, we are going to talk about some robots the official transformers twitter revealed so if you consider that to be a spoiler a i hope you don't have twitter and b you might want to fast forward again and if you already finished fast forwarding from the combiner wars talk then i'm sorry this is such a trying episode but uh you know it it, it makes you stronger um seth hey uh at transformers on twitter tweeted this is no cartoon or something similar uh i actually can't remember anymore um and then showed a picture of hot rod the new live-action movie Hot Rod, he is 16 feet and 1 inch tall, which seems oddly specific to point out. Uh, his entire personal history is that he's Bumblebee's brother-in-arms, uh, and his personality is brash, slightly arrogant, and protector. Uh, he also clearly turns into a car. I don't know what car, because I don't know anything about cars except that they probably go. Probably a sports car. Most probably. Uh, and I'm going to say this right up front. Uh, if we take away all the stuff underneath this robot that actually says Hot Rod and all that bio stuff, if you just show me a picture of that robot and say, that will have a toy made in the next movie line, it's from the movie, I think it looks fine. Uh, it looks like a movie robot. It looks like when toyified to have more car parts on him, it actually probably could make for a really cool deluxe. Uh, nothing about it says Hot Rod to me, but I don't know. Uh, how do you feel about uh, movie Hot Rod? Well, I was just thinking if Aaron was here and we made a comment that we don't know what kind of car it is, he'd go, oh, well, actually, you could tell by the front end that's on his chest that it's clearly a Lotus, blah, 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 blah. We, uh, we don't have our resident car guy here uh, for this one. The, the best part about... push up his non-existent glasses and then... The best part about calling Aaron a car guy is a number of times when he's he's very accurately pointed out, he actually doesn't know a whole lot about cars. It's just that none of, like, I don't know anything about cars. So in comparison, he is the car guy. He's kind of the vehicle guy. Yeah, like, he knows. He'll tell you all kinds of stuff about helicopters and cars and he, Like, he knows how helicopters mopeds. work. Mopeds. Like, I don't know helicopters. All I know is you spin the thing on top and it doesn't make it go forward all the time. Sometimes it makes it just go up. Uh, But, hey, Hot Rod doesn't have a propeller on him. Yet. Yet. Maybe he will. Uh, so how do you feel about Hot Rod? Uh, he looks like a movie character. Um, he fits the movie character mold of having a name that we all know, but not looking anything like the thing we all know and probably won't act like the thing we all know. Um, being called Bumblebee's brother in arms, you could have just said Bumblebee's brother because it looks a lot like Bumblebee's face. Oh, very yeah. bumblebee-ish looking head. I, um, I never people noticed People pointed that. out there's a smiling gorilla on his stomach. 
I can't not see that oh, now. Oh, God. <laughs> Why did you... Oh. I have to put my hand over that now. <laughs> I can't Just put your at, thumb on your screen. <laughs> I'm putting my mouse cursor over the gorilla's face because that's really distracting. <laughs> um, yeah, so I saw a lot. I, I saw a lot of salt getting spilled on Twitter mm-hmm. over this thing. Um, people like digi bashing the colors to make it more hot roddy, and just sort of a unhappiness from hot rod fans i, I want to say um, that the digi bashes actually did look pretty cool yeah they did yeah. but we're going into the fifth movie yeah and this has never not been the case um your favorite character is not going to be the character you want it to be in any of these movies so if you really love a certain character that they haven't used yet just you should probably hope they never do or just take take amusement in the way that they do. I mean, like, this is why I felt there was zero discussion to be had about the news drop that this green truck is called Onslaught. Because it's like, that doesn't mean anything. That means there's a green truck in the movie called Onslaught. That doesn't mean anything in regards to any other Onslaught that's ever been in Transformers. Yeah, well, when I saw that picture, and it's like, oh, here's the first picture of Onslaught's vehicle mode. And I clicked, and I looked, and I went, he's just a big green truck. Um, he's not like, he's not even a military truck. He's just like a truck. Um, then I was like, well, that's dumb. Like, why isn't he a military truck? And then went, well, because it's one of these movies and he's never, he was never going to be what you wanted it to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'll say right now, I'm not offended by the lack of connection to the original characters. But, and and I guess that's partly because we it's we're ten years into this now, and I feel like that part of the conversation is over. Unfortunately, uh, you know, f- five movies in with the same director, uh, the same overall aesthetic, doesn't seem like it's going to be going anywhere. Uh, aside from like yeah. light tweaks here and there, like I I was I was kind of surprised how much Twitter was jumping all over this because I was like I I guess I mean like you're all right in everything you guys are saying, yeah, but. I mean, you could have said that about, I guess because there's a robot mode picture that probably did a little bit more. I think people were at least subconsciously affected by the part where the, tw- the, the Twitter account was like, this ain't no cartoon, you know, and this really like pandering attempt to, yeah. to get attention. Like, I think that's what set people off more. Because, um, yeah. yeah, like there's just that th- was it just comes off douchey. Yeah, there's no discussion to be had anymore about like whether this is going to be like Hot Rod. Like he probably won't. He's probably going to be voiced either by a celebrity or by a working voice actor who gets told to act British for some reason. And he's Judd Nelson. He's probably going to have homicidal tendencies, whether or not it's it's meant to be implied. It'll probably be implied in the final film. Uh, and I mean, the thing about movie four is at least it ended the habit for new Autobots to also be dead by the end of the movie. So he'll probably survive the movie. Like, there's less of a chance that he's going to be eviscerated like a prop and then his head falls off. Um, so, I mean, to me, that's just a positive. Uh, but yeah, like, I I find this design extremely inoffensive as a movie design because we're 10 years in. So, you know... <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't want to go on Twitter and tell people like, hey, why are you all angry? Because I don't want to tell people not to be reacting to this photo. It's just I was really surprised that that was that was the tone of the reaction. Yeah, well, the whole this is no cartoon thing seemed like their preemptive attempt 
to cut off people being upset that it isn't the hot rod that they want. Yeah, and it's like... It's like, oh, you want cartoon hot rod? Well, this isn't a cartoon. This is what you get. It's like five movies in, why are you even worrying about cutting that off? Like, the money you're making is not on the back of people who care about whether this looks like hot rod. So, you know, it's like trying to prove a point to a whole bunch of people who don't care and then trying to prove it badly, too. Yeah. Uh, Just coming off douchey yeah. in the process. Because, like, like I said, like, if I, you know, look at this robot, imagine that that's a toy that actually has to turn into a car. So, like, there's more car on him. So he looks more like a Transformer. Like, that could be a cool robot toy. Like, you know, perfectly good chance that this could end up being a fun deluxe. Uh, especially with Hasui working on the line, apparently. So, there's Hot Rod. Uh, but Seth, There's we, Hot Rod for you. We got one more drop today. We also got a look at Drift from Transformers 5, returning from Transformers 4. Uh, he's, now, he's now red instead of blue. Um, I think that he looked better blue. I think the blue worked better with all the gold. Um, so this, to me, is actually kind of a downgrade. Uh, also, it was pointed out, there was this thing about Drift that that came off rather questionable if you thought about it for more than a few seconds. And it seems like they're continuing to lean into the thing where he is the extremely, extremely Asian robot character who happens to have the yellowest face. Uh... And that's well, a, it's gold. That's it's like a mask. So that's it's like a mask a samurai would wear. So that's kind of what I said last year or two years ago. Like it is actually his face now that we've seen him in a movie. Uh, I'm. It's the it's like of all the things to be upset about with the movie to me. Like personally, I don't I don't feel much about it because like that was two years ago when that was revealed. I think it's funny that they are sticking with that for some reason. Like they've changed every other color on him, but they're keeping that one. Uh, but he also has a new, uh, set of info attached to him. Uh, he is 16 feet, zero inches tall. He is canonically one inch shorter than Hot Rod. Uh, well, he's Asian, right? Asians are short. So like, everybody knows this. I don't think that any of this was intended, but man, it's like, he's whether or not he was meant to, he's like just this perfect storm of like the worst things you could apply to a character who's literally voiced by Ken Watanabe. Uh, his personality is the honorable warrior because he's Asian, of course. Right. Um, but his, he hasn't, he has a history now. His personal history is quote, no longer in hiding end quote. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Update the wiki, you know, go and go and fix up all those fan theories you had. You you were you want your questions about Drift answered? There you go. He's no longer in hiding. That is his entire personal history. He is no longer in hiding. Uh this was a very boring reveal, and everything about it was negative. This kind of sucks. <laughs> I thought well, Drift looked way better when he was like dark blue. Here's the thing I think is silly. Um so his robot mode is super Japanese, mm -hmm. like super samurai out. He's got the swords. He's an honorable warrior. He's got that yellow face. Everything just reeks of Japanese stuff. And then there's a Mercedes, a German Mercedes emblem in the middle of his chest. Yeah. Uh... It's like, you couldn't even make like, 
you took it all the way up to what kind of car he was, and you decided not to go Japanese car. Well, he mean, couldn't it, have been a Toyota or a Nissan or his, anything else. He is German car. His name is Drift. Uh, that's a type of... Yeah, that's pretty silly. Uh, also, I don't know my automotive stuff that well, but do you see how on his sword there's an AMR logo? Um, yes. So, I don't know what AMR is. But that looks like an auto, another <laughs> automotive logo. If he has a brand name sword, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, I looked up AMR Automotive and it didn't show that logo particularly. But what's up with the thing on his sword? <laughs> uh, like, if that's supposed to be part of his car mode, then why does it end up on the side of his sword blade? Like, where, where are we going to work that together? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this, this drift reveal sucks. They've made him look worse. Because, man, like, black, dark blue, light blue, and gold, like, that really played well in movie four. This is just, like, not as nice. Um, and so it's a shame. Uh, he looked better. I wonder well, if he's... when I search for AMR, AMR Automotive, there's a group of car dealers. <laughs> Their logo doesn't look like that, though. No. Like well, that... I didn't look for logos. I'm just... Yeah. I don't know. I, the only thing I'm wondering now is also, does he still turn into a helicopter as well? Because he, he did that in Movie 4. A lot of people missed that because it only happened for about half a second. Uh, but he's actually a triple changer. FYI. Oh, AMR car parts. Is that a thing? Yeah. It looks like they make some aftermarket car parts. Like the soup-up engines or something. Okay. I'm just looking for uh, that. Logo. AMR replacement parts and accessories are engineered to restore the great performance of all automobiles on the road. We also make sick giant robot samurai swords. Yeah. I looked up AMR logo. Did you know there's a lot of companies called AMR? I'm not surprised. That could be initials for all kinds of stuff. It's also the initials and logo for American Medical Response. And Advanced Market Research. Okay. Well, I'm going to leave that alone. That's a big hole to dig through to figure out if something I don't like relates to something I don't care about. Story of the internet. Uh, so there, we've talked about the live-action movie a little bit. Uh, you can you congratulate me and Seth, you know, as much as you'd like in the thread. Uh, we'll accept your adulation. Um, Seth, uh, would you like to do a listener question? I would love to do a listener question. I have one that literally opens up. I didn't read up. ahead on these, though. This first one actually talks about the Bay film, so it's like a perfect flow. Uh, this comes from ShadowCon LM14, who says, I find it a shame that the Bay films are the flagship for the franchise in terms of wider pop culture recognition, as I don't think they do a good job demonstrating why we as a fandom love the Transformers brand and franchise so much. How do you think we could rectify this? Do you think there's anything to rectify here? 
Are the Bay films satisfactory as the main pop culture representation of the brand? Or is there an opportunity to get more people invested in story-based and character-based Transformers material like uh, More Than Meets the Eye, which recently won both Best Continuing Series and Outstanding Writer by the Comics Alliance, something that proves, at least in part, that the brand is capable of doing more intelligent story work and doesn't need to be all about explosions and military toy porn. I'm just going to interject for a second and point out that the fourth movie actually removed the military toy porn. That is actually... The, the amount that that didn't change the movie is a little depressing, but that I wanted to stick that in there. Anyway, uh, he goes on to say, Relatedly, have you had any experiences with franchises that wouldn't seem conducive to amazing stories or characters that surprised you in that regard? Like, how did that experience change your outlook regarding the franchise or genre of fiction the franchise was in? This has made you hopeful of other franchise mediums that wouldn't seem like they're good candidates for good stories to be, so how might you make that happen if it were up to you? So, Seth... I don't think that you or I would champion the live-action movies as being representative of Transformers on the whole. No, but for some people it is. It is now. It's ten years old. Yeah, and those movies wouldn't make so much money if there weren't people that were super into them. But I, I do think it's a bummer that for a lot of the public, that's what they think of first when they think of Transformers. Like well, They seem to like it, though. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's a shame. Like, I don't know. There's something about it where I'm like, man, I wish you guys cared this much about the cool Transformers. Because, uh, you know, I don't when it comes to rectifying it, there is nothing to, to rectify. It's too late now. It's 10 years in and it's still successful. So uh, we are unfortunately we're on this timeline uh, and we have to just make our way through it. Um, I think that the best thing to do is if you see people who really like Transformers because of the movies, Ask them if they think the movies are well-written. Most people who like the movies tend to say, nah, but I like the explosions. Uh, then you tell them, hey, do you want to see some like well-written Transformers? A lot of people will probably go like, sure. Then you can introduce them to, you know, the better stuff. Um, just, you know, that's why it's I find a little important not to say like, man, all those dope idiot Joe Publix who love the movies. Because that's, that's not going to get anyone interested in reading any of the better stuff. <laughs> but... Um, Right now, like I, I, I don't think you're going to, in in any time soon, in any five year span, change the course of the live action movies, unless starting with this fifth one, they start to financially tank. So you know, we'll see next year, I guess. Um, but Seth, like I don't know, what do you think? There's anything to be done with the movies, or like, are we just leaving them at like on course for now? I, as long as they keep raking in the money they rake, I don't see why anyone would want to change them. Anyone yeah. that's like, you know, part of the process anyway. Yeah. And like, I think if you were, if, if one person was going to say, well, then I'm not going to see the next one. Like, that's the best you can do. That's the most you can do. If you really want to make a difference, Just, you know, also bear in mind, you're one person not seeing it in a, in a sea of millions and a, and a lot of the, that traffic now is not even in North America. So, you know, don't do what you got to do to feel good. Uh, but right now, the numbers are very much in the favor of those films, unfortunately. Uh, I'm kind I'm a little bummed out that it's 10 years and like the movies are still like they, they haven't really moved farther than a few inches in any one direction. Uh, as far as talking about them, like they're still just kind of floating there in the same spot where they started. It's kind of drifting around. Like, they picked up John Goodman. That's a good thing. Hopefully he's in the next one. Um, but, Seth, with other franchises, have you ever been, like, surprised by the quality of a story you've seen? Or a, a, the quality of a character you've seen in, like, a franchise or, or, a, or a show where you were expecting less out of it? 
Um, there, yeah, that's a good question because you can name stuff that lets you down for days. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but to go the other way, um, I'd say that I wasn't sure what to expect from like Netflix Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And then I was even less sure what to expect from Jessica Jones, just because like I knew so little about that character. And those, you know, both worked out super great. Like those shows are amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of something else that kind of surprised me. Like I, if a movie or a show like gets enough interest for, for me to go see it, I kind of expect it to be good. Um, so it's kind of hard to think of examples where things were better than expected. Like, I think a lot of those stories are going to come from something where you ended up seeing it before hearing much about it. Like, in my experience, at least, like, you know, once people start talking about something, you get expectations. And yeah, and unfortunately, that usually means either they are met or you're let down. Like, it's it's rare. Like, the way that it happens the other way is if, say, you know, every, everyone right now is talking major smack on Batman versus Superman. And then if I were to have seen it and then went like, oh, that actually wasn't all that bad, that would have been a pleasant surprise. That, that's happened to me with some movies and, and some anime shows where, you know, enough time has passed that I go in and see it. Uh, you know what? That happened to me with Terminator Genesis uh, for, for the first 40 minutes. Uh, after that, I got really bored. And I usually skip the middle hour of the movie if I end up seeing it again. But that the opening 40 minutes Terminator Genesis, I was very pleasantly surprised how fun it was. I felt like it was done with the right attitude of just not taking itself seriously at all, but in a really fun way. I wish the rest of the movie was like that. But that that opening, yeah, that opening act of Terminator Genesis was a pleasant surprise for me. Um and Netflix shows have done it to me twice at least. Like uh House of Cards. Um I didn't know what to expect from House of Cards at all, and I was expecting to get bored. Um, I was watching it entirely because it was one of the very first Netflix original series. And, like, I, I didn't think I was going to get sucked in the way I did. And uh, BoJack Horseman, season one, before anyone knew what BoJack Horseman was, uh, I watched season one of that because it was the first Netflix animated original series. And I just wanted to watch that out of support. And the first two episodes, I was really like, oh, God, am I really going to watch this? And then suddenly, you know, <laughs> things... Those first two episodes they are part of the Trojan horse that was season one of BoJack Horseman. Ah, Trojan horse. Get it. Get it. Right. Part of the Trojan horse. Right? BoJack Horseman. Get it. Little people Get inside it? a horse. Ah. Uh, BoJack Horseman season one, almost the entire hype of that first season. Like it actually, it's, it's, you know, rewatching it. There's a lot of quality to it still, but nothing will ever uh, be like that experience of being so taken by surprise by the way the first season of that show played out and that it wasn't a 13 episode season it was a 13 part story that first season like it, yeah. man <laughs> yeah i kind of took that question as regarding like genre stuff where it's like an adaption of a character you already knew like a case of a movie that i knew nothing about going into it and walked out completely blown away was um fargo mm. I didn't even know that there was a movie out called Fargo. <laughs> I I couldn't have known less. And I get a call from my dad one day. He's like, hey, you want to go to the movies? I'm like, I, I don't know what's out. He goes, I really want to see this movie Fargo. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I'm like, I, I don't know. He goes, no, it's supposed to be great. Let's go see it. Um, I, okay, I guess. Like, I wasn't paying. 
So I was like, oh, okay, fine. Well, if it's free, I might as well just sit there. And then just like, that movie was amazing. Holy <laughs> mackerel. That, that, that actually blew, that blew my mind. That happened to me with with a couple movies in the last few years. Dread. I I didn't I went to see it on like the opening week just because I was going with a bunch of people. So I did uh-huh. not know that I was going to end up loving it the way I did. Uh, and what we do in the shadows, I went to see sight unseen. I did not know a thing about it. My brother just told me that he really wanted to see it and it was funny. And I said, OK. And damn, that was a good experience. Uh, oh, Clerks was another thing I knew nothing about. Well, except for I, I knew there was some weird black and white movie that came out called Clerks. That's that's and then I'd like forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Siskel and Ebert reviewed it. And then my brother was in basic training for the army and he writes this letter home saying like the theater on the base showed this movie clerks. It, you have to see it. Like you're going to love it. This is totally up your alley. You've got to see this movie clerks. And then like a couple weeks later, I rented it and watched it three times in one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, two and a half times. Yeah, we were halfway through it, and my friend Mark and his girlfriend at the time showed up. They're like, "Hey, what are you doing? Uh, we just started watching this movie, Clerks. Oh, I've been wanting to see that. Would you mind starting it over? Yeah, let's start it over." And then, like as the credits were rolling, another friend of mine calls and is like, uh, "You guys, you doing anything? Have you heard from Mark? Uh, Mark's here. Oh, uh, what, what are you guys doing? Yeah, we just finished watching Clerks. Would you mind watching it again?" No, come on over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm trying to think of genre stuff now. Uh, you mentioned that, like for me, a lot of the like genre stuff tends to be kind of based out of Transformers. But like, I I ended up I was surprised how much I ended up liking Armada Starscream, given how that show started. Uh-huh. Uh, he went on to become like I thought one of the best alternate takes on Starscream ever. Um, the the new Rid cartoon, their version of Drift, given how much he's based on movie Drift. I ended up really liking R.I.D. Drift because, like, he's he's very similar in many ways, but, like, every single way that that, that version of Drift is delivered feels super, like it's the better way to do it, I guess is the best way to put it. Like, instead of looking like, you know, we got this Japanese guy to voice this Japanese-looking samurai robot, like, R.I.D. Drift is played more akin to, like, Splinter from Ninja Turtles, in a way. Like, just there's something about him that feels like it's more self-aware of what the character is and it isn't like so blind to so much of what it's doing um i'm trying to think of outside of transformers now i had one oh you know what yeah i remember now there was an anime show called uh shin mazinger z impact uh, I didn't think much of it at all ne- never really got into mazinger actual anime except for like the majin kaiser ova um, but Shin Mazinger Z Impact, to this day, I think it's the last anime that I saw that truly excited me about the medium itself. Uh, it was, like, borderline mythological. I think it's a it's a travesty that the sequel to it never got made. Um, and I, I, I did not think I would ever say that about, about Mazinger Z. Oh, and you know what? Exact same line for Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. Like, I cannot watch... Scooby-Doo cartoons. They bore me immensely. <laughs> uh, Mystery Incorporated is the one and only time I've ever enjoyed Scooby-Doo. It's also one of the best animated shows made in the last decade. Uh, it's got one of Frank Welker's best performances of his entire career. Uh, 
And that's not... That's not in any way, shape, or form anything I ever thought I'd say. I put off watching that show for like a year because everyone was saying, oh, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated is so great. And I'm like, look, I know Derek worked on it, but like it's frigging Scooby-Doo. <laughs> like I I don't like – I like the idea of Scooby-Doo, but I've never liked the delivery of Scooby-Doo. And like Mystery Incorporated very specifically corrected nearly every problem I've ever had with Scooby-Doo as, as various television shows. Uh Actually, I have a funny follow-up to that. But, Seth, I talked a whole lot. Like, is there anything else uh, that you had to, to throw in for answer? Uh, not that I'm really thinking of. Okay, because I got a free... I mean, nothing that stands out super-duper. Well, I guess the, that the the very first live-action Ninja Turtle movie was better than I expected. Hmm. Like, I was surprised how much reference there was to the the Eastman and Laird comics. Yeah. Like, there were beats in that that were straight from the comic. And, like, kind of some other things were a little more cartoony and goofy in the way they were presented. But I remember being surprised at at uh, some of the more inspired by the comic stuff that was in there. So I guess that's a that's an example. Actually, I, I when you said live action Ninja Turtles, that immediately made me realize another one. Uh, I had I had I, I was not expecting to like the live action Tick series from a couple years back. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I, I, I love that. Dumb. I love that show. <laughs> but like going in, like going in with just that one photo of the cast, I was like so ready to hate it because I love the cartoon. <laughs> and like live action Tick uh, was fantastic. It's actually why I'm still feeling like I want to check out the new live action Tick they're doing on Amazon. Because like, again, the still photos of it don't look amazing, but that's exactly how I felt about the last one. Uh, and if they if they get the humor right, like I I'll end up probably liking it too. Um, that's the one with Peter Serafinowicz as the Tick. Uh, only bummer I have about that show visually is that so you, the the reason why Peter Serafinowicz I think doesn't look as cool right now is because they actually left the un, the the parts of the mask that go under his eyes, and part of what made Patrick Warburton's costume work that looked awful in still photos was that they just left his whole face exposed. But Peter yeah. Serafinowicz has, like, kind of a goggle thing going on, and I'm worried that's going to mess with his, you know, the ability to have the the kind of facial expressions you need for the tick. But, like, I'll see. I'm going I'm to watch it. Like, I, I got no reason not to. Um. Anyway, yeah, we should, we should probably move on to the next question, which comes from Prime135. Who says, hello, Evangelist and podcast crew of the week with the recent increase in third party figure releases. I've noticed more and more being labeled as masterpieces, even if they don't really reference the original G1 character. For example, Dream Factory's upcoming bludgeon. I, th I think that's DNA's he's talking about, but I might be wrong. Uh, is this something you or others have noticed as well? Or am I simply being picky with what it means for something to be a masterpiece to me? Thanks in advance for answering and click. Uh, just as a quick answer to your question, most third party topics right now are referring to masterpiece as a size more than anything else. But I think the yeah. rest of this question is worth talking about because Seth, you and me have talked about this before and I've had a lot of, I've had a bit of a journey with what I think masterpiece means as opposed to how I felt a couple years ago. Because uh, definitely right now in the third party world, that is like the new hot anvil everyone's trying to hit is the masterpiece alike. And I think as of the changeover in Hasui moving on to other stuff in Transformers and masterpiece itself kind of shifting uh, I think it's really proven that, like, there is no one true masterpiece. There's 
wherever you wanted on the sliding scale of G1 toy or G1 cartoon, like to me at least. Because uh, now there are there are figures that satisfy both ends of that scale, depending on your taste. But like, Seth, I think you were you're you're, if I remember right, you're more into a cartoon approach, like not too busy. Yeah, well, if it's going to stand in with masterpieces, and the masterpieces are a little more skewed cartoonish, then that's when I'm going to want something to be if I'm going to put it in with my masterpieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not against things that have lots of sculpted detail and little gribbly bits and all that other good stuff. Just don't try to pass it off as being a masterpiece alike or however we want to phrase it because I'm, I'm not going to be into that. But like, but like now with official masterpiece, I feel like there's in that line itself, like there's a certain number of pieces that are like way more cartoon than toy. But then the farther back you go towards MP10, the more that it's like they're they're a little bit more toy than cartoon, like in how they, you know, every release pulls from both. Like, I think it like the, it's always been kind of a 60 40 split. And I think like it's kind of the 60 and the 40 have changed places now. Like if you were to look at like. Sideswipe, he's like 60, he's 60% toy, 40% cartoon, but like Inferno at the end of this year is 60% cartoon, 40% toy. And so like in there, I feel like there's a bit of a sliding scale for like one's own taste. I don't even know what my own taste is anymore. I just, (laughs) (laughs) but like, I feel like, I feel like those, like both of those extremes now exist enough in real masterpiece that like there's. You know, for the people who want to buy masterpiece likes, uh, which I, I just say that because it's easier to say than third-party masterpiece. Uh, I, I, just feel, I feel like you know, if you prefer the toy look, or if you prefer the tune look, like both those uh, both of those demographics now can be satisfied uh, without like turning to official masterpiece for an answer in a way. Yeah. Uh, but. It's also really frustrating now to read the third party sub forum because it's just so much about whether or not something is too toy or too tune or then like who's right between the two. And like, yeah. it's just a, it's just like the, the, to me, it's when they start breaking out the screen caps where I'm like, don't, don't hold toys up to the example of the sometimes really poorly animated cartoon. Yeah. Like, like, don't. <laughs> that's, that's a that's a bad place to go unless it's something like like someone's putting out uh, a figure that references um, these like sort of faceless green soldiers from an episode of G1. And I think they were only in like one episode. So it's like, no, no, screen cap those because that is drawing from one source, like one 20 minute episode is where they come from. But then like you start pulling out screen caps of main cast members and it's like, what studio drew that? <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know, the argument, if it's something's too toy or, or too tune or too much tune, it, like, I don't have, like, a like a inherent preference for something to be tuned or not. Mm-hmm. I just want things to go together. So whatever the current official style of the masterpieces are, I want them to match. And if I'm going to bring something in from a third party to fill a blank spot or or whatever um i'm gonna want it to match and 
I kind of got some heat a year or two ago for for ranting that a lot of this stuff just didn't go together um but there's more and more of that stuff that does blend in very well mm-hmm. like there was that uh that mirage that third party mirage watch call it that I think looks really good I don't have one but I think it would fit in just fine yeah and so aesthetically like uh what's a good way to put this uh inferno is the one i'm thinking of um like official masterpiece inferno looks enormously like the cartoon like more so cartoon than toy in many ways so there are some folks who are okay with that there are some collectors i've seen who are like oh i I liked the more toy end of like the side swipes for instance and I, i wish it was a little bit more toy the the unofficial infernos of the same scale all are leaning a little bit more in a toy direction. So it's like I've seen a lot of people in the threads for those guys go like, I'm so happy this is coming out because I want my masterpiece collection to have a bit more of a toy bent than a, the tune bent. And it's 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 nice to see like a sort of evening out in a way of like, yeah, some of these masterpiece alikes, they're no longer trying to replace an official masterpiece. If, if it's still coming out, they are instead filling in an aesthetic gap that the official masterpiece simply can't because it's going for something different. Uh, and that I think I think it's a cool shift in what is often the most boring end of unofficial products right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong where I'll get the ones that I like, you'll get the ones that you like, the listener will get the ones that the listener likes, and maybe they're not always going to match, but, you know, who cares? You get the one that you want and enjoy it. Yeah, like and don't tell other people that they got the wrong one because it's not your business. Yeah, the, I think I think the days of like one company, like the, the thread for one company's character X invading the thread for that character done by a different company, like I think that's behind us now, for the most part. People have started to realize how silly that looks, uh, and it's all it's all kind of calming down a little bit. It's you know nowadays it's more so when the screen cap wars start coming out or when some. Actually, the thing that annoys me the most is when, like, so Ocular Max is doing Trailbreaker and Hoist, and Bad Cube is doing Trailbreaker and Hoist. It took less than than an hour for someone to say, ah, so begin the Trailbreaker Wars. Because someone always says that immediately <laughs> when two companies do the same character. Ah, so begins the character name Wars. And it's like... They're half a step away from like typing that in Yoda speak and then me throwing a table at them. And it's like, you got to stop. You got they they actually there's an they did an official line called Combiner Wars. They, they kind of took that that syntax away from us when when they did that. Like people were calling the Combiner Wars a thing for ages in the third party sub forum. And we got we to stop doing that. I don't know why it annoys me so much, but it, it, it annoys me on the same level as people who get posable hands and go like, yo, look, he's doing the middle finger, and now he's doing the devil horns. It's, like we well, it's just, it's a meme, man. It's like one person said it, and now everyone, somebody's got to say it. And no one's got to it, say it's it. Equivalent, it's equivalent to when you look in the YouTube comments or something, and somebody writes first. I guess... But I, I don't know. It's the equivalent to that. I just got to tell people, no one's making you do it. No one's going to be mad if no one does it. No one will notice if no one does it. You know, it's, it's not your job. No one's. It's okay to be the one who doesn't do it. I I think better of you if you're the one who doesn't do it. 
I've actually had uh, I've had more people lately start going. What's the new comment I see? It's not that they say first. It's they say at more greater length. Oh wow! I can't believe I finally get to say first in a comment thread. <laughs> and like that's their comment, and I'm like, that's actually I find that more positive than a first because it's like, oh, you're having a moment. Like you feel good and you're expressing that. That's but nice. It's actually the seventeenth time they've had that moment. <laughs> I, I haven't kept count yet. I'm waiting until I start recognizing a name a couple times. Maybe I'm telling someone out there to be the one who does it. I don't know. Uh, you know what's maybe worse than the person that writes first? Mm-hmm. The person that writes second. That's always weird because it's like you. It's a little impressive because like to be the one who accurately says second, you had to be there at a very specific moment. Well, you just had to have been there late enough to see the guy write first and nobody else write anything. Yeah. I don't mind second as much as I mind when I put up a video that's 10 minutes long and 30 seconds later someone says, Great video! Because I'm like, you're lying! (laughs) You're lying! You didn't watch the video! (laughs) I also like when two to three people have all said first. Yeah! Yeah! And then I just want to imagine that their day's ruined because they see the other firsts. And now they're not certain if they were the first or it turns out that they weren't the first. And then they're just going to be depressed the rest of the day. I hope they're depressed. They're bad people. Um, I want to imagine that they actually just start (laughs) sending like really biting private messages to each other. Like, uh, hey, buddy, I just want you to know I was first. All right. It was me, (laughs) not you. Bye. Well, almost as equally annoying as the person who writes first is the person that replies to them saying nobody cares. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of, to me that's the first Mark II comment <laughs> is the is trying to be the first one to tell the guy who said first he's a bad person. It's like, look, we all know he's a bad person. All right, yeah, like, just ignore him. <laughs> if everyone stops paying attention to the firsters, then maybe they'll go away. Don't don't create a comment thread. I mean, create a comment thread out of this because that's more traffic on the video technically and great. But also don't, please. Thank you, um, Seth. I've got one more question from. F- it's not from us I almost said it was from us that would be weird if I had a question from us in the future that came back in time but it didn't uh, I have a question from El Gudo uh, who says hello Evangelist and crew as any Transformer collector probably knows Hasbro said the Combiner Wars and now Titans Return are part of a toy line trilogy uh, given that I'd like to get your thoughts on what the third part of the trilogy would be are we looking at pretenders or action masters I personally would prefer something new along the lines of Combiner Beasts so we can finish off the classic combiner lineup we need and then he lists off like four more combiners uh plus it would be great to get new combiners like a dinobot or insecticon combiner what are your thoughts uh i should mention immediately uh that at cybertron con uh over in china uh i think it was in china uh, it was in asia for sure they uh there there was some uh q a answers that got out where it was stated that they very much are intending to do uh some kind of animal and or beast combiner uh, sometime in the next year. Um, they didn't say anything else about that, but it seems like they're at least working on what I would assume to be like a base design that maybe could be retooled easily. But uh, Seth, what do you think the third part of the Prime Wars trilogy will be? Well, I would love it to be Pretenders. Love it. Yeah. Uh, I think that came up a few shows back. I think an even number show you guys might have talked about it. I want to say I have a memory of Aaron breaking down why it would be impossible. That's what Aaron does. Yeah, he's a real hot blanket, boy, I tell you. 
Every party's got its pooper. Well, you know, his name... And that pooper's named Aaron. His name, when translated out of its native tongue, means the Dream Breaker. Really? No, I just made that up. Okay, that'd be amazing. I wish and it you did. And you know what Zeitgeist translated to, so as far as I knew, you knew that too. No, I, I was just <laughs> making that up. <laughs> that'd be terrific. Um, it's this thing I do now where I make something up, someone kind of believes it, then I tell them, no, I'm lying, and then it, it all goes away. Well, I'm actually talking about the fake Aaron that he ran into at Toys R Us. Oh, man. I, every time he tells that, it's every couple years he tells that story. And it's halfway through when I realize I've heard it already, but then I don't mind because it's such a messed up story. Yeah. What a messed up story. Uh, I've, never, I've never run into anybody who knew who I was. Let alone impersonating me. It's the, yeah, that impersonating part is the craziest... Like, it just, man, even today, I, every time I think about it, I get excited. I'm like, what was the guy thinking? <laughs> how did he know who Aaron was and why did he want to be him? And how crazy is it that he met Aaron while trying to pretend to be him? Uh, well, Aaron said he was a mod at the time. And uh, I don't really know what the vibe is these days, but I remember when I was fresh on the boards and a young mod myself. There's always a percentage, or there was always a percentage of the users on the boards that desperately wants to be mods. So this guy might have been like, I ain't no mod, but I am from Indiana, and I know this mod is also from Indiana, so I could pawn myself off as him. That makes sense. Get some sort of geek cred down at the Toys R Us. I mean, like, in, in case we got listeners who, who have joined us kind of after the heyday of the message board, like back way back in the mid aughts when message boards were the place to be like they were the place to be being a moderator on a message board that that to some people that, that meant something and it was something that they wanted. Uh, what most people found when they became mods was actually it's kind of terrible being a moderator on a big message board. Uh, and a lot of people stopped after that. <laughs> yeah, you're working for free. If you don't do a good job, you get told you're doing a bad job. And it's like, hey, you ain't even paying me. Like, my boss gets away with it because he writes his name on my checks. Yeah. Uh, and then, and, and, the, then uh, and then when you do your job, uh, people hate you for it. Yeah, your average Joe message board user generally regards the mods as this big shadow puppet entity that that is the, the grand scheming control power of the message board. And... It's weird have you know being on the other side having been on the other side of that and then reading every now and then when like an you know often a younger person who's just new to the internet in general when they like they talk about the TFW mods as though they're like a shadow cabinet who like are actively trying to prune certain members off the boards for being too radical I'm like that's I mean if you knew for real what these mods were like like you know how funny that sounds Well I had a an, an event um when I was modding where I like gave some lady a warning and then she just starts going bananas at me and PMs just just raging at me like well you might as well ban me and I'm like why are we taking it to this extreme like it's a warning it's a slap on the wrist like multiple warnings becomes a problem but I'm just 
pointing out the rules and asking you to be cool and follow them. She's like, I've heard all about TFW. I'm from other, I've been on other boards. I've heard all about how you, how the mods here operate. Like you target people and you chase them out. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm doing. I just gave you a warning. Uh, if you, you want to be banned, I'll oblige, but I don't see a reason for any of this. All you have to do is just be cool. And then she's like, oh, I guess I done heard wrong then. <laughs> yeah, so why don't you just chill out? She's like, thank you for being reasonable. I'm like, thank you for eventually settling down. <laughs> yeah, like... I've I've heard that quote before, not not just about TFW, but about other boards as well. When you're not on those boards, like no, listen, this is how they operate, okay? Like they they're they're like a gang mentality. They single out people they don't like, and those people are always innocent. And then they get run off the boards, and it's like there's two things: a, usually those people are not always innocent, and b, I've I've never known moderators over the age of 23 who have any interest in putting that much effort, thought, or anything into moderating a message board. Most mods are like, they do it because they care about the community they're in, and eventually they do it out of that continuing sense of duty, but if you ask them about it, they usually are like, actually, I would really like to not moderate for one day, because I'm kind of tired of getting the PMs from people who are yelling about how I'm part of the shadow government, but <laughs> I love this message board, so, you know, I'm just going to shoulder that. Yeah, um, I did enjoy getting a peek at some of the behind-the-scenes drama, uh, but I got over... I got over that. The withdrawals yeah. didn't last very long. And every now and then there would be someone who got a little big for their britches. Oh yeah. As a mod. And most of those folks that got too big for their britches and did do the sort of stuff that then became the assumption of what all the mods were, uh, usually got disinvited from moderating. Yeah in relatively short order it might take a couple of months but eventually they'd be given the boot like that kind of stuff someone would last quite a bit longer but (laughs) that kind of stuff does happen for sure on the internet i'm not saying all mods are innocent all the time but like hashtag not all moderators (laughs) you know a lot of people (laughs) don't enjoy doing the mod thing once they are getting into what you could call the beginnings of an adult mindset you know, like you, you lose the the giddiness of the power trip once you're out of high school because you realize, like, oh man, life doesn't work like hall monitors in detention anymore. <laughs> this is actually, I'm kind of, I'm kind of bummed out that I have completely unmade a friend by being a jerk to this person. Um. So anyway, that wasn't even the listener question. I don't know how we got there. Uh, we were talking about pretenders, and that became Aaron, and that turned into moderator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for wrecking this listener question, Aaron. There was a point where I just convinced myself that that's what the question was about, was about modding and stuff. That said, that was still that was still on topic because it was about Transformers message boards. So we're doing a good job of staying on the boat here. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, I I don't know what the how they would have to do pretenders to to work and into budgets and stuff for this day and age and how you get different size classes out of that. Um, but I would love to see something. Even if it's only like part of what the the third gimmick is, mm-hmm. if it was a mix of things, pretenders and blank, I don't know. I think a mixture of pretenders and power masters could be a likely thing. 
like little dudes who are about the size of headmasters, but they turn into like a core piece that goes like inside a larger robot. I don't know, like that, or like how, you know, Pretenders like Bludgeon worked, where it was like the robot was kind of just living inside the backpack of the shell. Like something simple like that doesn't seem out of the question. Uh, a lot of things don't seem as out of the question anymore that, now that we've had like, we had it. We had a straight year of nearly every official toy being a combiner. And now we're about to have a straight year of every official toy being a headmaster. So, I, like, I don't think anything's out of the question anymore. Uh, like, they're willing to lean in on, on a gimmick if it's gonna... It's gonna happen. It's gonna effing capital GD happen. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, what if... Like, all of the... Voyager size class were the pretenders where you had the larger shell and then maybe a deluxe-ish sized robot mm. that fits inside and then you do like power masters for your deluxes and leaders but then you only have so many so many Voyagers for a line you'd probably not get around to doing updates of all the pretenders so then where do you pick and choose yeah i don't i don't have an answer i just have like an inspiration which is look at what they're doing with the single packed headmasters in titans return where it's like a majority of them are still headmaster characters they're just ones who as far as getting full bodies don't really seem to fit into the schedule like the headmaster juniors for instance an ape face it's like they aren't necessarily getting a full toy anytime soon, but they're going to exist as part of this line where the headmaster part is going to happen. So, like, the character is still in there. So, I don't know. Like, I don't know how that turns into the answer for Pretenders or Power Masters, but, like, I feel like that, like, looking at that makes me think, like, there there are ways that they might be considering such a thing if that's the, the road they're going down. Uh, the I'm kinda... third part of the trilogy will be Transformers G.I. Joe Wars. And that finally happens. Transformers G.I. Joe Wars. Sure. And that finally happens. Yeah, and then the G.I. Joe franchise is retired. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious about what they're going to do with the, the cinematic universe that's going to help bring G.I. Joe back, apparently. I don't know. I'm really... You know, not, I'm, not a, I'm hoping they restart the G.I. Joe thing and not try to pick up from the last two movies. Oh, yeah, they got to leave a lot of that stuff alone. Like, is I really hope they should just try to restart it. Like, imagine if they just make another rubber Chris Eccleston to put in a tube to go like, yep, Destro's still frozen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm, I mean, yeah. I don't think that they're necessarily going to be great films. I'm just excited to see, like, OK, what kind of kooky nonsense are they going to try to do? To, to, to mush all this together in in a filmic form. Like, in a comic book, you got the advantage of, like, the very medium of comic books makes it not impossible for this to happen. Uh, but then, like, for a film, it's like, I you know, what? who's going to be the Nick Fury of all this? Is it going to be freaking Optimus Prime just showing up in every movie? Or what? Uh, very curious. You know, re ready to tear the movies down after I enjoy them, too, if, if they all end up being... Like, Transformers dumb. But we'll see. Um, that's all our listener questions. Seth, would you like to talk about what we got this week? Can we take a brief intermesh? 
we can take a brief intermish. Uh, okay, actually, cool. that would be great because then I can refill my cup with yeah, drink. I'm dying of thirstiness. I'm not going to refill it with urine. That's what I do when I go to the doctor's office. Yeah, also, not at I'm home. Not literally dying. <laughs> Seth is not literally. Update! Seth is not literally dying. He's just it was very. An exaggeration. It was an exaggeration to get across that he is thirsty. We'll be right back. Seth, I heard you got a hot scoop update. Yeah, when I ran downstairs to get a can of water, um, my girlfriend was watching the Olympic opening ceremonies. So far, nothing terrible has happened. Yay! And I came down as Spain was doing their little Pray to Nations thing, Mm -hmm. and right before I came back up, America came out. Michael Phelps was carrying the flag. Okay. Okay. So, do you remember the opening ceremonies from the uh, the Chinese the the Olympics in China? Don't ask me about the, opening during ceremonies. the parade of nations. <laughs> okay. So they always have like the the path, the track that the that the athletes come and walk around, lined with people. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like in China, it was like all these like young girls dancing. And you could tell they were getting real tired, but they better keep dancing. Otherwise, the party will come down on them or something. I don't know. Um, so in Brazil here, it's it's a line of ladies wearing these like thick plastic looking smocks with arrows on them pointing in the direction that the athletes are supposed to go. Man, <laughs> it looks kind of funny. A plastic smock would get so uncomfortable after about five minutes. And they look really thick. They might be, like, colored leather. I I didn't study the smocks very long. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that the opening ceremonies have continued on without incident so far. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, when you hear this podcast, that does not sound like some kind of terrible, ironic foreshadowing. Yeah. That would be very depressing. It's like, oh, you went upstairs before the American athletes finished coming out? <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, we're going to tell Seth a little something. He's like, what happened? Well, America, yeah. Hmm. Well, I haven't heard my girlfriend screaming from downstairs yet, so I'm assuming everything's still okay. All right. Unless she's just stunned into silence. <laughs> I can't believe they did that on television. Uh... Michael Phelps just pulled out a bong and started doing fat rips. Right in the middle of the field. He's inviting people over. He's inviting the the Australian team over, and he just made some joke about a kangaroo. Oh, they just stabbed him. Oh, man. Um, Seth, did you get any Transformers this week? Did I? Did you? I I most certainly did. You did better than me, then. I got two Titan Master figures. All right. The only two... I've seen 
in the wild. I almost I thought you were about to say the world. And I was gonna well, ask how much traveling you've been doing. Not much. Uh, yeah. A very small sample. Uh who'd you find? I found Nightbeat and Loudmouth. Let me grab those. So I just grabbed them. I saw them on the peg, and that was the only thing they had at the target. So I've been to a couple of the area targets for weeks. Their Transformer sections have been uh, like R.I.D. stuff and like Voyager and Leader Class Combiner Wars. Woof. Deluxes and Smallers have just been gone for weeks. So I went into Target. I think it was Tuesday. Tuesday or Wednesday. And I see all these empty pegs and I'm like, here we go again. And then I spotted the night beat and the loudmouth, and I just grabbed them. And I went better than nothing. Yep, mighty number nine style. Uh someday that's gonna get old to me and I'm gonna stop saying it. But still Perfect. fresh. Still fresh to me. It's still real to me. Um what do you think of are these the first Titan Masters you've handled? Yeah. Uh how do they feel to you, little guys? Uh I like the little guys. Mm-hmm. I like the little head guys. Um the vehicle things I'm not impressed with at all. I like the little car that is a loudmouth that comes with a little car, Nightbeat comes with the drill yeah. tank thing. Yeah. The the little car I like in its little car mode. Its little jet mode is kind of or flying car mode or whatever it is. Um the drill tank jet thing is not so good. So um the but you know the little vehicles aren't really what I'm in for anyway, so they're just things that they come with. I feel like I gotta say it; those are two of the worst vehicles in the whole line so far. So if you were to pick up some more, you only have up from here on out. Yeah, I plan on picking up more. Okay, yeah, like I, I I'd feel bad if Nightbeat and Loudmouth vehicles were the only ones you messed with, and then like we're like, well, I don't know if I'm gonna bother with these because it'd be like those those two suck. They kind of suck. Nightbeats I only like because there's a drill on it, and that has nothing to do with one little guy's riding it. It has more to do with when a bigger toy is holding it, because I can give a drill to a bigger toy. Yeah, yeah. I like the actual head modes. Both of them are cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really like the Loudmouth one. Like I think yeah. out of these two, like I'm more into the Loudmouth. Just I really like the colors and the design to it. It's it's a good head. Yeah. Uh, Nightbeat is also, I think, probably... And I'm the... an expert on good head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think Nightbeat is just overall the worst of the bunch, because I don't think his head mode is all that great either. <laughs> he's He's got a very funny-looking face. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not great, but it's all right. Having having messed with a bunch of these now, like Nightbeat is the one where I'm like, I don't know who I put you on because whoever I put you on is gonna look funny. Yeah, that's why you do it. You find the funniest combination. Yeah, and you do it just because it's silly. Man, that sucks that you weren't able to find a Crash Bash. Like that's the Wave One champion. That yeah. little dude. I wanted to find the Deluxes. That would probably be cool too, but I have I have lots of opinions on Crash Bash. Okay, that was about it. Actually, 
start a newsletter about it. I'm going to start the Crash Bash Club. <laughs> hashtag Crash Bash Club. Uh, that's That goes with my hashtag uh, Team Maxima. That's my other hashtag I started. You should uh, take advantage of like the free month or whatever on Squarespace and create a website. The Crash Bash Club. Man, that's actually hard to say a whole bunch of times. The Crash yeah, and then, and Bash then get, Club. Yeah, and then get t-shirts made that are like Bullet Club parody t-shirts. Crash Bash Club. Yeah. Oh, man. Bash Club. I'm kind of into this idea. Uh, I almost went to a completely off-topic tangent, but I can't do that yet. I have to hold off on doing that right now. Uh, uh, any other trans- about wrestling or something? What? No, of course not. I don't talk about dumb stuff. Like, what are you talking about? Um, any other Transformers in your in your what we got? No, this week? that's that's all I found were those two little bastards. All right, yeah, I'm uh, I'm waiting for all my ToysRUs.ca pre-orders to ping right now, so I'm kind of just ignoring. <laughs> I'm ignoring any local sightings because they're all more expensive than what I paid for any of it. Um, ooh, ooh, I don't pay full price for things. I'm evangelist. Literally, yes. You're making fun of my voice. This is how I sound. Uh, That's just my generic Canadian accent imitation. You really shocked me, actually, for a second. Ooh, look at me. I'm from Canada. What? Ooh. Canadian slag? Is that is that another podcast in here? What's Oh, look at me. I'm Justin Trudeau. <laughs> Justin Trudeau, sir, are you here? I I'm so I'm sorry. Hi. That's a traditional Canadian greeting, in case you didn't know. No, I'm sorry. Oh, Thank me. you. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh Seth, I, I only got off topic things, but they still transform. Oh. I recently acquired two That's a good bridge between the two segments. I recently acquired two GoBots. Also known as the Machine Robo 600 series. Alright, I don't know what that means, but... The GoBots generally were Machine Robo toys that cost that 600 part. yen in Japan. Oh, okay. So it became the 600 series is. Yeah, it became known ah. as the 600 series. It's uh, also clear to me now. I gotta pull up a picture from my Twitter. Um, so I got two of them. I got, uh, I got Bullseye and Spacey. Uh... Spacey was the big uh, win, though. That was me cruising around eBay. And Spacey is... is He's not actually... A, I didn't get the GoBots version of Spacey. Because uh, no. a lot of the time you see Spacey, he's a white space shuttle, right? Yeah. Most of the time when you see Spacey, he is yellowed to crap. Like, because he's, he's a white plastic toy from the 80s. He got exposed to a lot of sunlight, a lot of sandboxes. Yellowed to garbage. Uh, the only way to get a white, nice bone white, or at least just a spacey who's not super yellow, who still kind of looks like a white space shuttle, you got to get one that's either sealed and was kept away from sunlight, or you go to the 600 series and get the... Because those all came in boxes. So if you get a boxed one, there's, it, it, there's a good chance it's not going to look terrible. Uh, there was an eBay auction that actually had a picture of the toy because it was you know opened but boxed. Uh, so I got my first 600 series box. Uh, and I got a decently white, just very slightly grungy-looking spacey. Um, I also grabbed a link 
to a review of Spacey in case you need some... That didn't put the HTTP in front. Why didn't it do that? In case you need a reminder of what Spacey is like. Uh, he's a very simple figure. He's from, like, the early end of Machine Robo. Uh, but he, he's got a really neat uh, couple transformation tricks. The main one being that the tail fin of the shuttle swings all the way around a central axis of the entire shuttle mode up between his legs to end up on his back. And that's kind of cool. Uh, also, his shuttle mode just it looks good. It looks like a shuttle. It's completely out of scale with everybody. Spacey is the blast-off of, of this line. Uh, certainly not the best uh, figure you could get from the 600 series, but when I had the, the chance to very affordably get one that wasn't super yellow, I just kind of wanted to go for it. Um, the other one I got uh, shipped from, I think, France for a sh with a shipping cost of two and a half euros, and it got here in a week, and I don't understand how or why. But, uh... I got, I got Bullseye. Um, he's not a great GoBot. He's just not a super <laughs> common one. And the main reason I got him is I actually got one that was grungier than what I got. Like, I got a slightly grungier, still, you know, decent, loose Bullseye for a dollar at TFCon, and then that evening, his arm broke. And then I saw this one on eBay for, like, $12 shipped, and it looked nicer than mine. So I decided I want to correct my bullseye problem now rather than later, and here we are. So Ooh. now I'm I'm being very ginger with the arms on this one, because they, they are... If you, if you don't apply your forces correctly, it is pretty easy to snap the arms by accident. I probably will end up breaking them anyway, but I've, I've slightly disassembled the other one. So now I think I know how to fix bullseye if his arms break. Um, he's got a nice jet mode. Uh, it's just his robot mode is like... It's not even like a bad robot mode. It's just that there are lots of other GoBots that look better than him. Uh, he's a very forgettable figure. But I love me my 600 series. And uh, Yeah, he's, uh, he's only got one star. On the, on the Counter-X reviews? Yeah. I don't know who did these Counter-X reviews of like every GoBot... But as I read through them, I feel like there's a point during these reviews where the guy writing them kind of got sick of writing them. And, like, he just got way less patient with a lot of these figures. <laughs> but I, I might be misinterpreting it. Okay, I I clicked back to uh, the list of Series 3 GoBots. Mm -hmm. So Bentwing, Bolt... And where's the other one? There's a third ace. There's a chance that those might be in like a box in a drawer somewhere in my dad's house. I have all three of those from when I was a kid and my copies of them are all busted up because I had them since I was a kid. Yeah. Well, my dad would have got them because they're all World War II planes. There's a lot and of especially the... in the case of Bentwing, the being a uh, um a Corsair. That's yeah. his favorite plane. Bentwing is is actually a really cool little toy. Like he, he he you know he has a funny looking robot mode, but he has like a really really engaging or I think it's actually a she. I, I I can't remember now. But Bentwing has a very engaging transformation, like really cool tricks. Um, oh. like the whole front propeller section, like d does a huge rotation on the Y axis. Like it's, it's really neat. Um, I, I gotta eventually get myself a, a nicer, less broken copy of like, like bent wing. My bent wing is just really beat up and like ragdoll loose. Uh, my bolt is missing most of the blades from his propellers. 
and my ace is missing two propeller blades and most of the paint on his diecast part. But they're all really cool toys still. So I want to get I want to get nice new sealed versions to open up. Uh yeah, I remember really liking Bolt. Now Bolt is cool. Bolt is just like solid. He's got a he's got a neat transformation. Um yeah, I'm still still doing my GoBots thing. I'm trying to slow down a little bit because now I have a whole bunch of GoBots that are all very decent condition, and I want to start figuring out a how I want to store them and b how I want to do videos of them. So I'm I'm trying to slow down a little and stop doing my daily combs through eBay for good deals on sealed GoBots. But yeah, I'm finishing. skimming through to see what I used to have. I had Dive Dive. Yep. I had a spoons. Oh, Waterwalk was the one I was really thinking about. There are that's a, a cool one. That yeah, one's really cool. I've I've got four of him now. I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he does cool stuff, right? Oh yeah. Uh, I just I'm trying to get because he's really easy to find, like really loose. So I've been trying to track uh -huh. down like more solid ones to piece together a really good one. Uh, and there's two colors of them, like the 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 red and beige colors. There, I've actually never had until this year. Mine was a European one who was in American flag colors, which kind of wigged me out when I read that he was a villain. Because I was like, why did they make a villain in the colors of the American flag? And then I remembered Psykill is also literally the colors of the American flag. But there's a there's a version of Waterwalk who's just white and dark blue, and then there's a version who's red, white, and blue. And so the white and dark blue one is the only one I, I need to find now. Uh, then I'll be water walk complete because I had one of those since I was a baby and he was awesome Ooh, I wasn't familiar with bad boy his robot mode is a thing bad boy <laughs> yeah the Which... uh, A10 oh I have him what series was he I need to look at two. a picture of him series 2 yeah Yeah, I got a, ba a decent copy of bad boy from those opening halls I got when I was out west Uh oh he's down here that's why I can find him yeah, he, his robot mode photographs terribly, but like the transformation makes it clearer what his legs are. It's 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 actually kind of a cool transformation. It's just a shame that the legs don't have like one more step. Uh, because his, his damn shame. His alt mode is friggin' cool. Like that's a good A10. Yeah, it's really good. And uh, the like, I think his legs actually can split apart more than they are in this photo, but I might be remembering someone else. Um, yeah, the 600 series has got a lot of good toys in it. Couple stinkers, like any any toy line does, but like uh, in series two, number 17, Blockhead, that is a damn good toy. Uh, I got a really decent uh, loose Blockhead when I was uh, at TFCon. I think it might be the Japanese one because he has the mixer robo sticker instead of the blockhead sticker but uh, the way he transforms is very inventive um because like he kind of turns a little bit inside out and it's really neat and his robot mode just looks like a looks like a goddamn gobot in the best way like, it's just it's a bipedal Whoa. man with a kind of funny looking head yeah I need to not look at this too much or I'm going to start figuring out which ones I need <laughs> and start go tracking them down again. <laughs> it's going to get bad. I'm just happy that I have a complete decent quality small foot because that was bothering me because I had a good small foot for a while and then sometime in the early 2000s I reorganized all my GoBots and I totally like lost one of her arms and I never found it. And that was always bothering me because I'm like, how did I do the childhood style losing a part of a toy 
in my teens. How did I manage to, to wait until I'm a teenager to mess this one up? So, figuring that out was, was very satisfying. Uh, that's also all my what I got this week. Um, Seth, I know you've got some off-topic to talk about. I saw your vine. Oh, do I? So, I got Lego dudes and I got Marvel dudes. Where do you want me to start? Uh, let's talk about the Marvel dudes. Marvel dude. So I got a three pack and it's a three pack that I mentioned last time when I was complaining about Hasbro toy shops, current design. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the thing that I was looking into. Like, Hey, I thought I heard that there was supposed to be this thing. And then I saw it. I found it at target. Um, hey. Oh, and speaking of when I was complaining about Hasbro toy shop, um, I was griping that I couldn't find just a section that was exclusives. Mm-hmm. So I, I finally found it. It's oh. just, it was just weird to find, but I eventually found it. And so I've been trying to keep an eye on it. I haven't checked it today, but then I also haven't heard people or seen anything on Twitter about people like being like, Oh, the Hasbro toys drop. Oh, the San Diego stuff. stuff? Yeah. Uh, they gave a date for that, I think. I've seen people uh, saying it's it's August 8th, so this this coming Monday, I think, is the day they're uh, turning it on. Uh, but don't... Uh, it, it, was, it was either the, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. I forgot what number I saw, but it's it's next week. They're going to do all it. All right. I want to I wanna try to get them. Micronauts. Anyway, so the Marvel guys. Yeah. So the three-pack, it's a Civil War three-pack. You get a, a dirty Captain America, a dirty Iron Man... And the first uh, six-inch toy, I think it might be the first toy, period, for the new Spider-Man. I believe you're right. Is it? Is it definitely, like, like is it, it's not just, like, an older Spider-Man figure? It's, it's, like, the movie costume? Yeah, it's the movie costume. It's a little darker red than in the movie. Like, he's, he seemed brighter red. Yeah. Um, but I think that's just from how the paint worked out. Because it looks like they blackwashed the whole thing to like you know get the the black lines and the webbing. It's battle damage pattern. Um, yeah, because his elbow joint is unpainted red plastic, and you can see where it's brighter, but ah. it's not nearly as bright red as the red on the Ben Riley Spider-Man that came out a couple waves back. Um, but I think that's all paint. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's blue plastic with red paint or. Yeah, I think it's blue plastic with red paint. Um, and there's a lot more red. No, I guess there's not more red. Anyway, so um, I was able to dig up my Ben Riley Spider-Man pretty easy. I wanted, I was looking for the uh, pizza Spider-Man, uh, but I think the Ben Riley is the same, the same body. Okay. I think. If not, it's similar. So this Spider-Man has like all the same points of articulation but it's it's a different sculpt than the ben riley it's mm. shorter like by a pretty good like half a head shorter i wonder if it's similar to the miles morales body i don't have that one yeah because i'm i'm keeping an eye out for it like i want to get it i just don't have it because i know i think it was miles morales and maybe one other character are using like a new like the male a male body to go alongside the, the smaller spider gwen body uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I've, I haven't looked at any reviews of that three pack yet. I just seen pictures on Twitter. Yeah. Well, the, uh, excuse me. Cause zoom no, tight. It's, uh, it's been a long day. 
Yeah. Getting, getting a little groggy. Anyway, so how that, how those Spider-Man figures have that extra shoulder thing where you could really bring their shoulders in and back. That extra bit of articulation that most figures don't have. Oh, the, the butterfly joint, I've heard it called. Okay. Uh, we'll call it that. Uh, that has... It, it seems like a much better range of motion than on this Ben Riley figure. Nice. But then, I don't know if there's just something squishy with it. It's like, these <laughs> arms don't go back as far on the Ben Riley. Like, I gotta find that pizza Spider-Man and, and compare it with that, too. Um, so, it's like all... It, it seems like the same number points of articulation, just maybe, like, 2% better in some cases. Yeah. So... It, it's similar it's just like newer the the body proportions too seem a little more realistic than comic book ish so it seems more more real <laughs> more like they sculpted it on a real person and not a comic book character yeah it's like not of. like yeah like the the shape of the torso and the arms aren't like giant muscle arms. Yeah, it doesn't look like a tree trunk man. Yeah. Um, or just like crazy rippling. Every muscle is completely visible. Um, but it's great. It's a really good Spider-Man figure. Um, then the Captain America and Iron Man are, as best I could tell, like the exact same figures that have come out already. For Civil War, yeah, from that Civil War wave a, a little while ago, uh, just with like battle damage added paint, they scuffed. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any. Yeah, there's no, there's nothing sculpted. It's just some like singe marks and scraped paint on Iron Man's shoulder, one shoulder and one thigh, and cap. Just has some like dirt on his torso and a shoulder. And where's his head? I think there was something on his mask too. Yeah, there's like schmutz on on his mask. He's got he's got a little bit on his cheek. He's gonna wipe it off with spit in the Kleenex. Wipe it off. Well, it's more like on the A on his forehead. Uh, it's more like up on his head. That's still a spit in the Kleenex kind of thing. Yeah. Then for accessories, you get a really scuffed up Captain America shield. That thing's got taken a beating. Ugh. Um, you get two pairs of like the energy zaps for Iron Man, like All a right. red and yellow and a blue. So two are red and yellow, two are blue, and then you get non-helmet slash heads for Captain America and Iron Man. How do those uh, head sculpts look? Uh, sort of like the actors. They're not super convincing as Robert Downey Jr. or uh, uh, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. I don't actually know how I remember that. I was pretty sure it was Chris something, but I wasn't completely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're not the hot toys. Yeah. 
I mean, they, you can tell who they're supposed to be, but they're not going to trick anybody. <laughs> they're okay. They're not great. They're all right. You know what they're supposed to be. Yeah. So I currently have those heads on. That's why I had to, like, dig up the other head. I did a little, little photo essay. <laughs> About their masks coming off. <laughs> I put on the Twitter. Um, yeah, but that that's a pretty good set. Um, the only thing is, like, if you're really just after that Spider-Man and you don't need a scuffed up Iron Man and Captain America, then you're paying a lot of money just to get that Spider-Man. And, and I'm, I'm kind of paid a lot of money to get that Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm guessing there isn't a big market for the scuffed up Cap and Iron Man. I don't know. I've never really looked into aftermarket stuff. Eh. I've never sold extra things that I had. I'm too lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if anyone out there listening really wants scuffed up Cap and Iron Man, like you know who to talk to right now, who to make an offer to. Oh, did I not tweet those pictures? I, t- I guess I didn't tweet that picture I took. Oh. Oh. Look tomorrow. Maybe you'll find it. <laughs> Stay um, tuned! Ma- <laughs> <laughs> I took the pictures, I showed my girlfriend, and then I ate dinner, and I guess I forgot. Um, hmm. yeah, I could tweet it now, then you could see it. Anyway, so that's a pretty good set. Um, then... We're still missing two of the Disney Legos. Uh, We saw them once, and we just grabbed the bags that they had and got lucky that none of them were doubles. Then we found them again and felt bags looking for the ones we didn't have, and I blew it, and we ended up with a couple doubles and don't have Aladdin or Buzz Lightyear. Oh man, Buzz is like the one. Yeah, he would be. Um, so I tweeted that picture at you. Uh, but Ooh. then, so we get to the Target. This is the same Target trip is when I found those. Uh, when I found these Marvel guys, and when I found those two um, Titan Masters, um, we're like, well, let's see if they they have those Disney Legos, because it sure would be nice to get that finished, and. And I get to an end cap and I go, ah, oh no. And my girlfriend's been distracted by something on one of the other shelves. And she didn't hear me. And she's like, oh, look at this thing, blah, 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 blah. And I'm standing there kind of gesturing toward toward the display. And she turns around and she's like, what, what? She, what? What are these? And there's a whole new wave out. Oh no. And it's it's in the display for the Disney ones, but it's all... It's wave 16 of the regular Legos. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it's, Buzz Lightyear. Right. And then I'm like, ah, this is just means it's going to be harder to find the Disney ones if they're already moving on. And so we felt bags and got the entire wave 16 in one shot. Was it? Was that almost just to prove this just to, to get your revenge on the lack of Buzz and Aladdin? Well... We were going to have to get them all anyway. I know, but there's something about it that almost feels like spiteful. It's like, all right, listen, Legos. (laughs) I 
I couldn't find the two I'm looking for, so we're going to take all of you. We're going to prove we can do this. Uh, that's the narrative I would have drawn up in my head. Yeah. So, did you see the the tweet I tweeted with the alternate faces and I tagged you in it? Yes. Uh, okay. I hadn't I hadn't seen anything about that wave, so I, the, the, a lot of the like those three figures, I think it was three, they, they looked really cool. Yeah, those are the three with alternate faces. Yeah. None of the others have alternate faces. Um, so it's like a boxer lady, uh, Arctic camera woman, and uh, I think it was just called Hiker. <laughs> the Hiker. Yeah. And I like his worried face or sort of beguiled face more than his happy face. Because <laughs> then it's like, because he comes with a map and a compass. Uh, so I like that he's lost. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Boxer Lady looked pretty badass for a Lego figure. Like, both her faces look like super business. Yeah. It's like, I got face to be punching. Yeah, like, one is like a confident, like, smirky smile with kind of angry eyebrows. Like, yeah, I'm going to beat your ass. And then the other one is a more enraged, I am going to beat your ass. (laughs) Yeah, the other one's the person who didn't get beat fast enough. It was like, all right. Listen, I'm the Lego boxer, all right? You're wasting my time. <laughs> it's going to get real. Yeah, I have two beefs with this wave, though. One beef is the emo vampire. So it's like an emo kid. That's fine. Comes with a spider. That's fine. He mm. comes with a book that says spooky tales on it. That's fine. <laughs> Except the book is gigantic, and there's no way... For the dude to hold it, and you can't attach it to the stand, nothing. Oh, that sucks. So it's too big to be held. There's no ports on it to plug into anything. So it's a loose accessory. I don't like that. Then my other beef is one of my favorite figures from the wave. Um, it's a kid in a penguin costume, mm. which is great. Uh, but he has ice skates on. Which take up the holes in his feet. And now there's no way to attach him to a stand. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, so that that's disappointing. I want to... Man, I feel like there was a Lego figure that came with skates, but also had, like, a system by which they could plug into the stand. Yeah, there was, because I remember that, too. I just can't remember what figure it was. Yeah, okay, so I'm not misremembering it, because I I distinctly remember thinking, whenever I got that figure, I don't remember who it was now, but I I remember thinking, wow, that's a clever way to get the ice skates to work with the stand, whatever it was they did. Damn, who was that? I don't remember, but <laughs> so my girl, that was one of the ones my girlfriend opened and she's like, oh, there's no way to get this guy just to, to attach to a stand um, because of the ice skates. I'm like, don't they wedge in or something? Cause there was an ice skater recently that like the skates wedged in or something. I couldn't remember, but not penguin kid. I got I got to light the Aaron signal on that one. Yeah. I'd swear, yeah, I remember it was so clever, whatever it was they did. Uh, Other figures in the wave are Bald Pirate. He's alright. That's what's going to happen to you if you're a pirate. Yeah. Uh, Mariachi Guitar Player, which is one of the awesomest ones. Excellent. Who has a big giant mustache. 
Like, you know when Legos will, like, have a big mustache or a beard and it'll be a separate piece that goes around their neck? Yeah. So that's what his mustache is. It's one that's, of those. That's when you know it's a real mustache or beard. Yeah. Like, taken to the limits. Yeah. Um, One name that's just called Agent. That's, like, all in black with, like, the night vision goggles and, like, a long, thin gun. <laughs> all um, right. Yeah, he seems pretty savage. <laughs> There's like show dog winner, dog show winner guy. So, man, this guy looks like a real wasp. <laughs> so, like, he's got his hair color is like barely a different shade of yellow than the yellow Lego man skin color. Um, there's a dog bone in his like blue blazer jacket. He has a number one ribbon on his chest. Comes with a uh, uh, a small white dog and a trophy. He's like, who? Do, what do they call you? They call me Dog Number One. Yeah. There's a. I'm not sure what the the official name for this guy. I just I started calling him Ali Baba, but he's like like an Arabian warrior kind of guy with like a turban and a gigantic scimitar sword. Um, my least favorite one in the entire wave is a uh, woodland rogue. I think it was called, and it kind of looks more like a ninja, <laughs> <laughs> but he's kind of kind of Robin Hood ish when you take his hood mask off. Um, it's I don't know. I'm not into it. it comes with a bow and arrow. And I don't like the Lego bow very much. Yeah. Uh, there's an ice queen. She's kind of cool. Has Comes with a very glittery three-piece cape. It's like her whole cape is like three three pieces. And these two big like ice swords that come straight out of her hands. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so she has little pieces that she holds in her hands that like... So there's like a little handle that has like a one peg piece that then is like sticking straight out from the hand and then she comes with these two like pale blue clear like giant blades <laughs> that are like jaggedy so like they work for like being ice and yeah it looks like she's ready to just wreck house with those <laughs> that sounds proper badass yeah she's not like Elsa from Frozen. No, she's a savage Ice Queen <laughs> that's gonna... She'll do bad stuff to you. She's more like Ice Queen from Narnia than uh, than Frozen. Oh man, don't trust her Turkish delights. <laughs> oh no. She puts a broken piece of glass in your eye or something. Ugh. Um, then there's a, a, a trick-or-treater kid dressed as a little devil. He's got a little pitchfork and red bat wings and little horns on his head. That's neat. And a guy in a banana suit. Hey! So he's pretty fun. Uh, his banana is big yellow banana uh, with a hole for his face. And he's got a great smile and sunglasses on. And there's a blue thing on the banana that just says banana with an explanation point um 
I bought the banana costume. Yeah, he's not just a dude in a banana costume. He is a dude in a banana costume. <laughs> like, he's, like, a going to parties and acting wild. He's been waiting his whole life for that banana costume. Okay, then the home stretch. Uh, we have a female cyborg. Really? Yeah. Okay. Is that like the so other space ones or Well, she has like a similar like chest shoulder armor thing. Yeah. And like a big ray gun thing and like electric blue hair and half of her face is like robot skeleton face. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. That sounds awesome. Yes. Yeah, she's like electric blue armored terminator lady. <laughs> This sounds like a like a really awesome way of action oriented Legos. Yeah. Holy crap. Uh, and and the uh Arctic photographer lady comes with a penguin. So she has two faces and a penguin. Alright. Oh, and the boxer lady um comes with like a black cylinder piece. So when you have her hair on instead of her boxing helmet, you can stick the boxing helmet to that black cylinder piece and stick it to the base. So her oh, helmet's nice. not just flying around loose. And I wish there was something like that for the emo kids friggin' book. See, it's the thoughtful things like that where I'm surprised about the lack of something for his book or for the for the penguin ice skates. Yeah. And then I kind of wish it came with a couple more of those cylinders because if you put her helmet on, there's nowhere to put her hair because she has this incredibly long ponytail. Ah. So... The little cylinder is not long enough by half. <laughs> um, then the last figure is officially called Babysitter, but I like to call her Teen Pregnancy Mom. Oh dear. <laughs> so she's very teenager with a pink shirt with a like a cartoon bulldog wearing red glasses and the two ponytails and a bottle. And a tiny little baby Lego. And she, in my world, she's not a babysitter. She's from MTV's Teen Mom show or something. That baby has her eyes. Yeah. They'll raise that baby telling her that, uh, telling the baby that she's her sister or something, her older sister. But, but the family really knows. Man. MTV hard hitting. You know they had a teen teen mom show, right? I just assumed they did. I I've I've yeah. never watched MTV on cable. No, I I've never watched Teen Mom. I just heard that they had a teen mom show. I was like, that's the garbage fire MTV's turned into. Alright. Oh, you mean recently <laughs> they've had it too. Yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> TV's I forget mess. who it was. There was some some musician or something like tweeted. This was a couple years ago. Like, hey, MTV, where's the music videos? Yep. And MTV replied, oh, we have a block of music videos from 3 to 6 a.m. or something like that. And then they wrote back who the F is watching MTV at 3 o'clock in the morning looking for music videos. <laughs> Stoners, I guess. 
People getting back oh, from yes. a crazy night out at the nightclub. Yeah, coming. Yeah, to- a bunch of a bunch of years ago, like probably at least ten years ago. Um, and I don't think I have it anymore. I downloaded a torrent that was just three hours of MTV from like 1985 or something. Oh man! Like someone just like videotaped an entire VHS tape of MTV with commercials and everything and then digitized it and uploaded it. All right. And that was really fun to watch. Like with the VJs in between and seeing like these old ass commercials and just video after video after video after video. Man. It was fun nostalgia. That's like when I look up all the clips of the PJs they had on YTV back in the the heyday of it in the in the 90s. Like just live hosting on television. It's and, and done in like a very uh very guerrilla style. Like I miss that stuff. Oh. Speaking of Canadian TV, I don't want to get too into it on this show, but I just want to ask do you do you know a character Named Ed the Sock. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't grow up in Canada without having heard about him. He's he's okay. He I don't actually watch a lot of Ed the Sock. I just know he's around because I didn't. I never really watched much music that much. But uh, the amount of relevancy he maintains, I find quite impressive. All things considered. Well, are you aware of what Ed the Sock is up to right now these days? No, no. I okay. I, I just catch retweets from other Canadians whenever he tweets something. That's about. The, ex- okay. the extent of my Ed the Socking. All right. Well, then you might know. And I don't want to get in too into it because it gets into topics that aren't maybe not appropriate or for the show or something. Yo, it's that's just, that's the Ed yeah. the Sock. Ed the Sock is not WTF or TFW safe. Never has been. All right. He's a sock with a friggin... He's a smoking sock, you know? Smo- smoking's bad for for you. That's all I got. Oh. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you more about Mike's recent experiences with Ed the Sock off Mike. <laughs> I just just send send me a link because after, after we're done, I really want to cook some food. Oh, it's I'll send you a link, but it's it's short anyway. It'll only right. take a minute. All right. All right. Uh, okay. Well, let's get out of here so you can cook food. Yeah, is that all your off topic? Yeah, that's it. Okay, I had a token thing I wanted to throw in here just for Lumpy. Uh, okay. Because I I don't I don't I don't watch it on TV, but I watch some clips on YouTube. I wanted to just comment because I know that you you are still keeping up with with the uh, the universe, the the WWE universe, yeah, that you're a part of. Because you're, I yeah. think that's what they're referring to. Uh, this is the rest of the podcast, so uh, see you later if you want to just skip out. So I watched a couple clips of their their new shows they've started, which are just their old shows, but they they've uh-huh. kind of rebooted them. Uh, I was really impressed with all the very subtle ways that their two television programs, like in a whole bunch of subtle ways, look very different right now in presentation. Yeah, on Raw they have a new um, entryway, like they redesigned the oh okay the where they come out like there's these crazy like arced colored light things that are sort of floating that's kind of nuts and then they move the announcers away from ringside um so they're not at ringside anymore ringside is more empty now um and the announcers are like up 
behind a big chunk of the crowd. Yeah, because kind of like the way Nitro was set up. The announcer shot, I thought, looked kind of nice, and then it it seemed like they were also having them like more often come down to the ring to interview people in the ring. Yeah, and this just little things like that. I was like, okay, this like this actually feels like it's been lightly refreshed. Yeah, well, two of the two of the gimmicks they seem to be stuck in right now is Braun Strowman's matches or squash matches against some very small local indie guy. I liked your I liked your Twitter picture you posted the other week. Oh, this... my new favorite wrestler. Yeah, <laughs> that was the first guy. Like in the worst screen cap I've ever seen of a human being. <laughs> well, he was an interesting looking human being. Okay. So those matches start with Byron interviewing the victims as Braun is coming out. So as Braun is slowly lumbering down to ringside, uh, Byron Saxon interviews them. And the second guy was actually pretty funny. Like Byron's like, why are you doing this? And the guy's like, uh, they're going to pay me a thousand dollars. And, <laughs> and if I win, I get, I get $5,000. <laughs> i'm like okay that was pretty good like the first guy was crazy looking this dude had pretty good dialogue so all right and then uh nia jacks she's in squash matches against local indie ladies but the her and her those interview segments are after and they're actually talking to nia about beating up the nobody huh so Naya gets to talk, Braun doesn't, Braun's victims get to talk, Naya's don't. I'm guessing this is all very what they're doing. I'm guessing this is all a very, very calculated setup to play well, to strengths. It's it's to build those two up as being big monsters. Well that and I mean like letting one of them talk and then kind of not letting no. the other one talk. Sounds Probably like a, because Naya is better on the mic than Braun is. I keep forgetting there's a guy in the wrestling right now whose name is literally Braun Strongman or Str- Sounds like Strowman. <laughs> Sorry, Stroman. I like to call him. Yeah, but I like to call him Strobronman. So yeah, Strobronman. <laughs> yeah. Um, then that's a I, silly I, name. Yeah, uh, and then I, I only, I, I haven't watched this week's SmackDown. I have it on the DVR. I don't know if I will. I might like just zip through it. I kind of zip through Raw. Like I don't watch any of these shows live as they're happening. I let the DVR get well ahead, so I could just fast forward through parts that i'm not interested in because Mm. those are long shows man uh but it looks like smackdown just got the old set so they have the old raw entryway except for they don't have a ramp it's floor level but it's it's the old titantron and entrance it feels like like the curved led overlapping leds that walls that they come out from behind i feel like they've also like strengthened the hue of the blue overall Uh, like especially when i look at because most of my viewing comes from their youtube page so i look at all the thumbnails to their videos and like it's 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 a lot stronger now i think than it used to be like just how red a bunch of clips look in one row and then like suddenly they're extremely blue when it's the other show so it's like it's playing into that very basic human thing of like red and blue are very different colors. So if we strengthen them, it makes it obvious there are two different things. Yeah, the two different shows have different colored ropes. Oh. So SmackDown has blue ropes and Raw has red ropes. So that's also reinforcing that. I didn't even notice that. Okay, that, that snuck under my own sensory experience. Yeah. But the way they divided up the roster and the announcers... Um, 
and SmackDown having the old set just without the ramp. Um, very, very clearly, SmackDown is the B show. Ah. Like, they are not equal shows. And it kind of makes you feel bad for really good people who got stuck on the B show. Um, he's like, right now for the women, Becky Lynch is the top babyface woman on SmackDown. But everyone's pretty sure when Nikki Bella comes back from her injury, she's going to be on SmackDown because that's where John Cena is and they're an item in real life. Mm-hmm. And you'd, and I just got this bad feeling that Nikki Bella's going to come back babyface and Becky Lynch is just going to get pushed into the shadows. That would be a shame. I, yeah. I, hope, I hope it doesn't end up being the B show in general because there's um the stuff I was watching. One of the announcers on SmackDown is like the the best guy I've heard discussing what's happening in front of me in a while. Yeah, Malo Ranallo. Yeah, that's his name. I always forget his name. I know his voice, but like he's like I I can't believe he's even on their programming because he sounds so much like a guy who's actually like reminding me of like old in character announcers who were talking about what was happening. Yeah. And like, he's awesome. Well, the way they had the announce team set up was on raw. You had Michael Cole, JBL, Byron Saxton. And then on SmackDown, you had Mauro, Ronaldo, um, uh, Jerry, the King Lawler and Byron Saxton. Uh, they read, they kind of shuffled around the announcers. So now raw has Michael Cole, Byron Saxton, and Corey Graves, who was one of the NXT announcers, and is a great heel announcer. He's a really good heel announcer. Um, then JBL got booted to SmackDown, and they added David Otunga to the SmackDown um, commentary team. And it just feels like, like my kind of like half sarcastic conspiracy theory is Michael Cole is jealous that everyone likes Morrow better mm. so they're going to tie these two albatrosses to his neck because <laughs> Otunga doesn't seem like he's been doing it very long maybe he'll get better and JBL just stinks <laughs> Okay, he's the worst. If that, if, even if that's the case, every clip I've watched where that guy is announcing, it doesn't matter who he's announcing with. It doesn't seem to affect him at all. He's just he's like at at the he's at the permanent ninety eight percent energy peak every time he's talking. Yeah, and he's more likely to actually be calling the action in the ring. Yeah, which Michael Cole is usually busy shilling for the network or something else. So, like, I, um, I can't even imagine, like, if you give him two crappy dudes to work with, I just don't think that's going to affect him very much. Like, everything he does doesn't seem to really, like, it's enhanced by a good talking partner, but if he doesn't have one, he seems like he just sort of could go anyway. He's got a loud voice, and, like, yeah. you can't talk over him. It's impossible. Well, the, the, the problem is, while he, JBL is talking about Stan Hansen again, then uh, Morrow can't be selling the action in the ring yeah but he can just i don't know the moment there's a pause that guy feels like the kind of guy who can like grab the pause and then just bullet out like five sentences before the other two can think 
I don't know. I really like that guy. He sounds cool. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, I, no, I really like Morrow, and I yeah, I would gladly trade him for Michael Cole as long as he's allowed to keep doing what he's good at and not having Vince in his ear, which apparently all these guys do, tell, prompting them to plug the network or plug the pay-per-view or plug a match that's going to happen an hour and a half later deeper into the show. <laughs> Yeah. Apparently Vince is in their ear all the time, just like whispering orders to him or yelling orders. I don't know. I've heard. Yeah. But like for everyone who got to experience what a great commentator Jim Ross was, Mara Ranello is like, oh my God, finally. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, somebody who can do this right. Like, I'm a total casual, and the moment I heard that guy, I was like, oh man, I don't feel like an idiot watching this again when he's talking. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm not being treated like a moron. And it's, it's kind of nice. So, yeah, I hope I hope that that pans out. I, I just wanted yeah. to, to throw in my quick comments on that stuff, mostly for Lumpy, but also because it was on my mind because I'd recently flipped through their YouTube page. Um, But yeah, I'm also starving, so I think this is a good point for us to say thanks for listening and thank you seth for joining me all right and uh light light up light up them light up them skunks because next week is f- f- 420 oh no Woo! hey at the next election california's voting to legalize weed or not again find out how that goes on episode 420 (laughs) next week. Woo!